A new wave of crime taking over New York, a news reporter determined to expose them, and heroes in a half shell. All of this can only mean one thing. We're comparing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies and their remakes or reboots, in this case especially. So join us as we answer the question, should this movie exist? And like we said, today's films are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Getting right into it. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made in 1990. Starring Judith Hogue, Elias Kotis, Jake Peterson, Michael Turney, James Saito, Toshishiro Obata, Brian Tochi, Josh Pace, Corey Feldman, <laughs> Ravi Rist, Kevin Clash, and Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Directed by Steve Barron. I just wanted to throw out that he's mostly a music video director, but he has directed some of the most iconic videos of the 80s, like Billie Jean, Money for Nothing, wow. Take On Me. Sure. Some of these videos that really pushed, you know, a lot of CG and just animation, what you could do in a music video. So yeah, I mean that take on me videos. Like, yeah, insane. Yeah, it's so good. It's one of like the most iconic music videos good. of all time. So yeah. it's quite a feat he has there. Um, and it's written by Todd W. Langen and Bobby Herbeck. Music by John Duprez. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 2014, starring Megan Fox, Will Arnett, William Fitchner, Toro Masumune. Mine Noji, Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> Jerry Howard, Alan Richson, Noel Fisher, Tony Shalhoub, Abby Elliott, and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Directed by Jonathan Liebsman, but I have to throw in that this is a Michael Bay production. This is often referred to as the Michael Bay Turtles, and that's going to come to play, I'm mm. sure. Screenplay by Josh Applebaum, Andre Neckman, and Evan Dougherty. Music by Brian Tyler. Okay, Reggie, we're talking Ninja Turtles. What's your first experience with the film? I was born in 1988. So, I didn't see it in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely saw Ninja Turtles growing up. I mean, could we get enough of those turtles? I don't think we could. I had Ninja Turtles on VHS with the cartoon. Mm -hmm. Cranes running around being like, I tried It was great. I identified Michelangelo for whatever reason. Maybe that's why I got into comedy. <laughs> so he's your favorite turtle. Michelangelo is my favorite turtle. Um, over the years, I've gotten more appreciation for some of the other turtles. Donatello still is kind of last place. For <laughs> <laughs> I think he's last place for everybody. He's a great turtle, but he's not. These other guys. But um, I just remember like just pizza slices down to your, <laughs> your knees. Um, these guys radical, cowabunga. And I don't think you could have grown up being our age and not have seen the original Ninja Turtles movie, which is why I didn't watch the 2014 <laughs> remake. I looked at it in the trailers and I said to myself, ah, I think I'm okay. So, first time watching the 2014 was for this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I was born a few years earlier than Reggie, 1984, so I possibly saw this in theaters, but I don't remember. Yeah. I really don't know if I saw this in theaters, but I know I absolutely saw it on VHS. 
And oh boy, did I watch that VHS <laughs> over and over and over again. I mean, it was, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies growing up. Absolutely. Big Ninja Turtles fan. Had like a bunch of the toys. Had the Technodrome. Had the Turtle Van. Yeah, the Technodrome. Yeah. Right? I never had the turtle blimp though. I wrote letter Ooh. to Santa and I never got that turtle blimp. That's turtle that's when I stopped believing. <laughs> so fly, man. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm going back over some of my Ninja Turtles VHS. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was great. It's all good. Yeah, so I've seen those uh, that turtle movie. I've seen all the sequels, you know, two, three, even the TMNT, the 2007, yeah. and I have seen the 2014 movie before this podcast and i might have seen that in theaters too i don't have a good excuse for this one because this was 2014 <laughs> i just don't remember i guess that might let you know what i think about the movie i definitely remember seeing the sequel yeah. and i definitely remember being really pissed about steve mills casey jones mm. which you know we don't have to talk about here because but we might. not pertinent but we might because we do have a casey jones yeah. so yeah i'm well versed in Absolutely, the 1990, and I've got some knowledge of the 2014 yeah. and its sequel. I played so much of the NES Ninja Turtles oh, game yeah. growing up. Absolutely. And then, of course, Turtles in Time, which is just like one of the best beat em ups yeah. ever. Yeah, I had every NES game. I'm pretty sure I had like a tiger electronic. I mm. think it was like a long, it wasn't like a typical square shape, it was like a long green one. It was, yeah. it was really weird. Um, but yeah, I had all the Nintendos, I had it for Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, I had, I was full Turtles, man. And my favorite is Raphael. Always nice. has been. Yeah. Nice. I get that, man. <laughs> the edgy guy. The, the, the angry guy. You know, red was my favorite color growing up, so mm -hmm. maybe that's why I was like, okay, I'll gravitate towards this guy. Yeah, you know, orange juice, orange soda. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's orange, I like orange. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, these movies are quite different. There's lots of similarities, so there's plenty of stuff to compare, but plot-wise, there's not much that's similar. So let's get into it so we can compare these movies. New York. Crime is on the rise from a clan known as The Foot. News reporter April O'Neil wants to expose them. She is attacked but saved by four mysterious figures, the Ninja Turtles, Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello. She also meets their master, Splinter, the father figure. The Foot knows about the Turtles and attacks them. The Turtle family is separated. The Turtles eventually are reunited and take the Foot head on. They even take on the leader, the Shredder. The Turtles struggle against him initially, but he is eventually defeated by falling from a great height in both films. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the city is safe. The Turtles and Splinter are reunited, and April has five new friends. The end. All right. Yeah, so there's a lot of similar elements. You know, it's sure. kind of like the turtles meeting April for the first time. Mm -hmm. Turtles uh, fighting Shredder for the first time. So there's similarities there. Sure. But other than that, <laughs> there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences. So I think that's where we should start. Is like just what the plots are. Sure. Um, mostly written from the villain's point of view because they are sort of the driving force of each film. So I'm gonna start with the original just because it's a little simpler. <laughs> so a clan known as the Foot under the leadership of Shredder is creating a spike in New York crime. April O'Neil wants to expose them. The Foot try to stop April, but the Turtles do save her. Shredder wants to destroy the Turtles <clears throat> because there is something familiar about how they fight. Something from the past. Um, so he, he realizes they have a connection there. He kidnaps their master Splinter, and now the turtles need to defeat Shredder and save Splinter. It's a pretty simple story. Um, you have what? this villain, you have the heroes, and there is a connection in the past. What I like about the simplicity of the story is uh, 
you just kind of jump right in, right? Like, uh, they talk about the crime wave. You see crime happening in the city. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, they're saying there's crime. I'm seeing the crime. And then you're seeing that it's children, which yeah. is a nice setup. Yeah. And having April O'Neil directly being crimed, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, mug. Like, I just, I just love the setup for it. I know before this we were talking about RoboCop and some of the universe building and that. I felt like uh, in a much simpler way. Yeah. But, um, I felt that they much less violent way too. <laughs> yes, much less violent. But I thought they were really effective in just setting up this New York City, mm-hmm. and the crime felt reasonable enough, like you said, when it comes to violence for like children mm-hmm. to watch it. <laughs> so uh, I thought they that was really effective early on. Yeah, it did a really great job of first of all, like I love that opening shot. Mm-hmm. You got the twin towers there. Every time I see that, it's just like, okay. oh man, old school New York. Yeah. You love that shot. Um but yeah, it does a great job of establishing like the foot and like how their crime operates, yep. just how good they are, like stealing TVs right in front of the old lady, <laughs> yeah. and, like uh, no witnesses, nobody can identify anybody. And it shows how ineffectual the police is, yes. which shows why we need some heroes to rise right. from the sewers to save us from this new evil. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, the cops are just, they have no answers. Yeah. They they have not witnessed any of these crimes <laughs> that are happening uh, hourly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I like that there was some tension with, uh, which we'll get to, but like tension with O'Neill and the police yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, all of that was really effective at framing up and allowing us to accept that we're going to be watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. <laughs> Very different yeah. from the remake. So bear with me here. So it starts off very similar. Like, listen, a clan known as the Foot, under the leadership of Shredder, is creating a spike in New York crime. Okay, we're good there. April O'Neil wants to expose them. Good. The Foot try to stop April, but the turtles save her. We are good. But now, April's dead with... Eric Sachs mm-hmm. are the ones who mutated the turtles and even named them. Mm-hmm. April even played with them when she was a child. And then she tells Sachs that the turtles that saved her were those turtles. So now he knows that the turtles survived this fire. That puts an old plan in motion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they were going to expose New York City and probably the world mm-hmm. to chemical warfare right creating a disease to which his corporation would have the only cure right so he could make and i quote stupid money stupid money yeah i mean that's his direct quote and shredder's there because he's the sensei mm-hmm. of eric Sachs. yes and he fights the turtles too and we also need the antidote to help splinter so that's that's our plot. The, the evil guy wants to put a disease out so he could make money off the cure, which is a stupid plot. But I was right. thinking about it, like, you know, I don't want to get political here, but there's a lot of anti-vaxxer oh, yeah, theories yeah, out there, yeah. and a lot of them, a lot of them do say that, that mm-hmm. the corporations providing the vaccines are the ones that this is a great reset. COVID. <laughs> so I just turtle. It's a stupid cruisers. plot. It's a stupid plot, but yeah. some people believe this. I, I just, uh, the series of unnecessary connections, like, yes, uh, these were my childhood pet turtles Mm -hmm. that my laboratory trained, like father scientist guy, um, was helping the 
global megalomaniac create mutagens? Uh, and then my dad basically, like, kills himself in a fire? He didn't kill himself. Well, uh, we find out that um, the other guy, Sax, killed him. Yeah. That's he fair. started the fire. He did start the fire. Right, he did. Um, and I guess he got killed while he was destroying... Because I guess... I think he wanted to destroy all the research. That right. way he couldn't profit off of it. Right. But he got killed in the process. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get that. And then the those turtles grew up to be teenage turtles that were then stopping crime. But also Eric Sachs, for whatever reason, was like, I also need to like move and train in Japan because of his own... Backstory. Well, he was, I think, originally. He said he was born and raised in Japan. So he, so he, <laughs> so first he was okay. We should preface. I have watched the movie. I'm actually really confused. We should preface this with there was a lot of rewrites and yeah. our Eric Sachs, who we keep talking about. Should we talk about the villains? Ooh, we we will talk about the villains. Um, all right, well, let's just get right into it. I'm confused. <laughs> I watched the movie. This is confusing. We have to get into this Eric Sachs character, and like I said, there's a lot of rewrites. Um, but we'll get into the villains. Um, so for the original, our main baddie is Shredder, right? Oroku Saki, uh, portrayed by James Saito. What are these freaks? How do they know how to fight like this? You will answer. Pretty much, the, the crime lord he realizes that the turtles have this fighting style that, of yeah. his old rival, yeah. uh, Mato Yoshi. And in the old ways. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they learn how to fight like this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's absurd, <laughs> but you know, you know, rat learning kung fu by watching a human. One of my favorite parts of the movie. Right? <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so that happens in that movie. But you know, he's pretty much an evil dude. Uh, he wants to just like make money off of raising these uh, dis disenfranchised youth and mm -hmm. just like, you know, kind of brainwashing them. Sure. And then like, okay, we're just going to be criminals and you're going to make me rich. They'll build this empire, I guess, of crime in New York. But, you know, it's a little silly with the connection, but it works ultimately. <laughs> I, I do like as goofy as the backstory is. I love it. I love the fact that, you know, Splinter was watching his old master train yeah that his old master had a real rivalry with yeah. shredder mm -hmm. you know over the love of a woman of a woman Shin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like and a splinter got went off him you know that gave him a yeah. little it was good and then shredder only cut off his ear he got yeah. off light yeah. <laughs> as ridiculous as watching a rat do kung fu is it fucking works. It works. It works. We, we, because when we're told that origin story, we've been watching turtles fight yes, the whole time. That's true. So the fact that a rat is learning Kung Fu from his cage pre-mutation is like, all right, I'll, I'll go on this journey. And I gotta I gotta give it up to uh, James Saito for like selling it, dude. Like he really made me think that he was in a rivalry with a rat. Like <laughs> it was plausible. Like, you know, we said the line about the old ways. Like it was just it was a lot of fun watching him as this like menacing figure. And I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. Watching it again, because I haven't watched Ninja Turtles in a long time. When you first see the Shredder suit, I was like, yo, this looks good. Like that's it's like Vader level, like how good the suit yeah. looks in this uh this movie. 
It is very Vader-like because mm -hmm. Vader's costume was based on sort of like samurai, sure. like the helmet and everything. So Shredder's is also kind of based on that samurai look. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, like when you see the full thing, it does kind of because the Shredder's outfit is, you know, we're huge fans, but like, it is slightly goofy, right? It's it is purple. goofy. It's, yeah, this purple sparkly yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a little absurd. But when you see it with like the cape in the beginning and just like those sharp, like. uh metal like silver lines off the helmet it just looked so good and like you're just getting eye right like you're just getting this like menacing like really close-up shot he's he's just so fucking good he's a fun villain that you're immediately like okay i'm scared of this guy um he's got credentials because we're getting his backstory uh and we're seeing again kind of a goofy scene but we're seeing the backstory and i think like it was a really compelling um, seeing the way it's shot, you know, like you've got this all black background, you see the old master training, you see all this violence happening, and Shredder ultimately becoming the Shredder. Mm -hmm. And like that was really easy to follow, and it helped me <laughs> feel like, okay, I understand this villain now, I understand why Splinter fears this person, mm -hmm. and why he wants his, his boys, his turtles, to learn all the lessons they can before facing such a menacing opponent it worked really well right and it also you know puts in like why would this man be obsessed with these <laughs> turtles you establish sure. that connection that they have this something from the past you know <laughs> yeah. it's so good uh i gotta also just mention um while uh james saito was shredder he was all he's voiced by uh david mccharen so i just want to throw okay, out the credit there fair enough. yeah uh, but yeah it's it's great to the backstory because you know yeah shredder has the mask on the whole time yes it's great it's so good that's what i want with my shredder and you know that backstory is when you see him without it mm -hmm. without a mask and you're just like oh there he is he's a dude <laughs> but he feels so much bigger than a dude mm -hmm. when he's in the mask mm -hmm. like i don't look at shredder as like nobody cared who he was until he put on the mask like even when i was a kid like watch shredder like he just always felt bigger than just a guy like, yeah i don't know he's like a real super villain and especially like you said the way he was introduced right he's just in that like let's just say like empty construction area yeah. and then like he just walks in and the camera's just zoomed out you just see him with that long cape yeah, yeah. and then that music just blasts and then the metal guitar goes da, da, da. <laughs> it's so badass and then he's just standing there while his you know uh, tatsu is just like unveiling like yeah. all the spikes that are around him so it, it's such a cool introduction oh, for him. and then just, just him being like you know, worshipped by all these kids. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's a great scene. He comes from the shadows. He's menacing. The, the suit's awesome. Like, I got no complaints on this. <laughs> it's, it's, I think in a lot of ways, especially if you grew up watching the cartoon, mm -hmm. your Shredder has always been, you know, I mean, Shredder, but like this was like this dark, gritty Shredder, but it still worked in this universe that is ultimately very silly. Yeah. The turtles' tone is almost the opposite yes. <laughs> of Shredder, and uh, I think that just having that, that like that menace, uh, mm -hmm. it was so apparent from the beginning, and I was like, "This, this is working for me." Yeah, it, it's his setup is just like so incredible. You know, ultimately leading to that confrontation with the turtles, mm -hmm. where he is 
much better fighter than all of them. Oh, yes. Which, you know, if you watch the cartoon growing up, yeah. you're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> this guy could fight. Right. It's like, you never saw him fight like that. Right. So it was just all around that slow burn of mm -hmm. leading up to that fight and that past connection he has with Splinter. It's like really well <laughs> set up for this silly movie. <laughs> I, like I said, watching Turtles in a Rat in Goop and then somehow it being like this like intense sort of origin story with like history and, yeah. and, and backstory. It's like a rat fighting a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what you ultimately what you have. It, it, somehow, like I'm I'm not just sitting there like, come the fuck. Like, I'm like, this yes, mm -hmm. this is compelling. <laughs> I, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. <laughs> well, I think part of it, and we'll get into it when we talk about the characters more, but because it's such a simple plot, we're able yeah. to really dive into the characters, yes. who they are, what drives them, and like we said, the connections from the past. Yeah. So we're able to take some time and breathe in this yeah. movie because the plot's so simple. That's a good point. It's really straightforward. That's why, like we were talking earlier, like it's like, to me, it's almost like simple RoboCop. Yeah. You know, like there's uh, a city in need of protection. Here are the protectors. Uh, but instead of like blasting people with a magnum, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know we, we've got these kind of like happy-go-lucky protagonists that like they don't fit the tone of the moment and yet they're exactly the heroes <laughs> the city needs. It's like really interesting in that way and I think maybe that's part of the reason like Ninja Turtles have stuck with us for so so long. But like I think the turtles work so well going back to this villain because of the villain. I think that's yeah. always been what makes mm -hmm. the Ninja Turtles work that Shredder is such a credible villain. Right. Hero is only as good as uh, the villain, and the villain was just really well done. Like so thorough, so so much depth into this yeah. silly character who walks around with spikes all the time. I know, <laughs> in a shiny, sparkly suit, a purple suit, and his his minions are some of the worst fighters <laughs> on the planet. You know, he should teach them the old ways because maybe they'd be more formidable. But like, I I, I think we we've hit the the theme here is that like in the simplicity. Mm. This character is able to shine. Yes. In the remake, it's like I watched the movie yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, I Eric Sachs. So, so wait. So he was born in Japan. Is that what you're telling me? I don't know. I if he wasn't born in Japan, he was <laughs> at least raised correct. in Japan. That's fair. At the very least, so that's fair. I know that because because when April goes to see him, he decides to tell her his whole history. Sure. For no reason. Now, now Eric Sachs. He's a, he's a popular figure in Ninja Turtles lore, right? Is he? <laughs> no, no. I, I picked up on him with sarcasm there. Obviously, um, we said before that this was a rewrite, and Eric Sachs is um, sort of like a play on Oroku Saki. I like that. Yeah, so it's, he was going to be Shredder right. in the original script. He was going to be Shredder. But they cast a white guy. We cast a white guy, but he was he was raised in Japan though. But he was a, he was a white guy. <laughs> but it's okay because he's not Shredder, <laughs> right? Because we do have a Shredder in this movie, Reggie. We have oh, Tohoro Masamune as Shredder. The rot did not teach you well. Yeah, William Fitchner is Eric Sachs. We're taking your armor to the next level. 
Okay, so I'm gonna, for, I'm, sure, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Shredder first because he is simpler. Sure. This movie. So Eric Shredder. Eric Shredder. <laughs> Eric Shredder's my dad. <laughs> so Shredder, he's very simple in this movie as well as the original, but it doesn't quite come off the same because okay, so we are introduced to him really only twice in the movie before he starts fighting. Right. And uh, it's a kind of a badass introduction because he's all tied up. And he's being that attacked, cool. yeah. and then he takes this guy out, and then is able to like you know release himself from his bounds, and it's it's a pretty cool introduction. But ultimately, like what he wants, he just wants New York. Right, the city will be mine. Like he's obsessed with taking New York, and that's like okay, I can kind of go on this journey. Sure. And then you find out he was the mentor or sensei to Eric Sachs. You're like okay, but like we get two scenes with him, and right. then that's kind of it. And then after that, you get CGI robotic shredder. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the original plot, Eric Sachs was going to be the leader, the villain, and he was going to have a robotic type of shredder or samurai thing going mm -hmm. on. So it makes sense but then when you think of him and you go, that looks like a robot because it was originally a robot. I almost wish that they just did whatever the hell they were going to do. You know, like mm -hmm. I get the backlash of why they, no, because they, they had to do this because it was such a like William Fisher is a great actor mm -hmm. like he's just not Shredder no so they had to make him not Shredder yeah <laughs> they, they literally were, they were like oh crap we made that guy Shredder we gotta not do that so they added like I said they added two extra scenes yeah. pretty much to kind of establish that there is a Shredder and then he's he's sort of working for Shredder kind of yeah just in the, in this setup of like Tohoro Masamuni's character like I said, the intro is really badass, mm -hmm. but he's not the main villain. No. So, who cares? Because like, even though he's running the show, it's hard to tell, actually. So, a lot yeah. of times it feels like Eric Sachs is running the show. It does really feel like it's his show. And which would kind of make sense if, like, in the previous film, like, Spectre is the uh, apprentice <laughs> of his master. So, like, Eric Sachs kind of taking on the Shredder mantle actually could work, you yeah. know. I guess they just kind of walked themselves into this corner, um, not expecting the backlash that they got. Because I think that actually would have been more interesting of, uh, like, having this guy who was trained by Shredder maybe getting bested by the turtles and then the real Shredder. <laughs> You're rewriting the movie again, right? Ah, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but... But why do you think they did it? Because I mean, we're just just one picture is in Japanese, so we, that, we can't have him be the Shredder. That what? that appears to be the only rationale, right? So we need to have a Shredder because this is supposed to be the Japanese. I think, I think the problem is that it feels like a backstep when you have a movie that in the '90s, like a lot of the names that you're reading off in this, these these are not like these are like Asian actors, right? And there's a lot of that in the, the series. Like, it is ultimately about a guy from Japan mm -hmm. who's fighting with turtles. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, to, like, not cast a Japanese actor when the problem here is, like, clearly you could. Yeah. Like, you you so, did. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because you got in trouble. <laughs> so, it's like, so why did it take that for you to get a Japanese actor when, it like, there's so many 
great Japanese actors. Yeah. It's 2014. Is that like fucking 2002 <laughs> even? You know, like 2014 was not that long ago. Um, I know Crazy Rich Asians just came out like um, a few years back, but like there were so many people that could Just put Ken Watanabe in it. He's, it would have been he's, he's in everything. Would we have complained? Absolutely not. We'd have been like, yo, it's Ken Watanabe. Because yeah. we know that guy. <laughs> it, it's, so, yeah, it's, it's really weird because had they cast a Japanese guy as Eric Sachs, sure. you could have stuck with that original plot. It'll sure. be a lot less muddy. Yeah, yeah. Because then, uh, like you said, uh, if you had a Japanese actor, and you revealed that Eric Sachs is actually Hiroko Saki. Wait a minute. Yeah. Now we're cooking with gas, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I like that, man. You know, I, I just don't... <laughs> I know how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this happened. I'm, I'm disappointed it happened because it ultimately hurt their film because they had to rewrite something that didn't need to be rewritten as a makeup call for... Cassie William Fishner, who's fine. He's fine. Mm. It's, you just made your movie so much more complicated because of a casting error. That's a bad look, man. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really work. I remember watching it for the first time and mm -hmm. being confused. Like, is there really a shredder or right. is this the shredder? Right. And then when I'm asking those questions, instead of trying to enjoy the movie, right. you got some problems. Yeah. I, especially, like I said, like you... The guy ripping off the his ropes, right? Just like muscling off ropes, like that's badass. But then immediately we gotta get in like the bureaucracy of like this is he a CEO and then this guy's running the show. I want money, I want power, and like the, the shared dual interest. So it would work better if uh, you had something more like in the original film, like Shredder clearly a one, right? Tatsu clearly working for him. It feels like Eric Sachs maybe the boss, but then sometimes it feels like Shredder's the boss, and, like, that's just so confusing, and it diminishes both characters. Like, yeah. I think a big part of the problem is, like, Eric Sachs is the driving force for the plot. It's not Shredder's idea to do this it's... chemical thing to come up with the cure. It was Eric Sachs who's like, now we can do the plan, Master. It's, yeah. it's like a half-assed way of kind of giving Shredder credit without actually <laughs> giving him credit, because it sounds like a stupid plan that Shredder wouldn't come up with anyway. Yeah, and you know what's, what's confusing about it, too? <clears throat> you're, almost, <clears throat> you're almost better doing the Shredder reveal later, because Eric Sachs has the connection with April O'Neil. Eric Sachs has the connection with uh, with this previous plot, like, Shredder just seems to have kind of glommed on to this Eric Sachs mm. show, basically, and I, it just, it, it kind of stinks that we don't just get to see Eric Sachs do whatever the hell he was going to do. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, comes for to be damned, like, you know, hey, we did it, you know? Yeah. Like, we did a thing, you know. They did Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, so yeah. That, that was even more recent. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't do so good, did it? <laughs> but, but I, you know, like, you're always going to have, because it's Ninja Turtles, you're always going to have part of the fan base is upset about what, you, yeah. what you're doing. There's some other things that we'll talk about as we go along that fans are upset about. And I think, ultimately, it was just, there was too much controversy and it caused them to make this ultimately poor decision. Because I did like a bit of what Fishner was doing. I did like a bit of what Shredder is doing. Yeah. I just didn't like it at the same time. No, not at all. Especially once Shredder wears the outfit that's been, you know, ancient uh, Japanese fighting style merged with modern technology. So then we get pretty much Transformer Shredder. Yeah, yeah. 
there were elements of that that work. I, you know, I understand this sort of like Bay universe style, but like I do wish we had a kind of that more clean, sleek look that we got in the original, and then maybe he progresses to a robot. Yeah, because like I, I just felt like the original movie, just having something that looked kind of like a take on traditional samurai garb, right? But in that shredder style, like it, it just looked really good, and this looked. Okay, but like now I'm being distracted by like blades and yeah, spinning shit. It's just, just huge and like magnetic <laughs> blades that come back that really couldn't work like that. No, it's it's, a, it's absurd. And then like like we said, he had a really cool introduction when he's doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's tied up, and none of that comes to play because it doesn't matter anymore because he's just Mister Claus throwing blades at them yeah, now. Yeah. So all that cool ninja training doesn't really matter. I don't like. Um, rewrite the movie again so you can start drinking. But like, I think having like a scene where he kind of gets in a, uh, let's say, a turtle fight before he puts on his full armor. Yeah. You know. Why he, uh, you know, necessitate the armor. Like, okay, now I need this because they're too strong. Right. I can't beat them with right. that. Like, maybe one-on-one, like, because like, we always do this in the films where we isolate Raphael because that's just a character <laughs> trait. But like, if Shredder just like beats the crap out of like one turtle, and then, like, four turtles is too much. Yeah. So now, armor time. You right. know, like, that That works. But I don't know. I, I think ultimately what we're saying is that, like, I, I just think that, unfortunately, this rewrite ultimately, like, undermines what actually could have been two very interesting yeah. villains. And by <laughs> taking up so much oxygen between the two, it's just hard for either one to shine at all. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> kind of upsetting man it is really upsetting and it ultimately leads to a very kind of unsatisfying finale with the confrontation with all of them but i guess we'll get to that when we talk about more of the characters and kind of the ending so that's our villains our driving force but we also have uh heroes in this movie (laughs) before we get to our ninja turtles i do want to go to our human uh hero which is april o'neill in both films so that's judith hogue in the 1990 film we really appreciate, you know, everything. Yeah. Hey, forget it. Where's Raphael? And Megan Fox in the 2014 film. Donnie! What do I do? What? Adrenaline. Adrenaline. I'm just start with a brief description of what Judith Hogue does. So she's pretty much just a reporter, Mm -hmm. right? She's a reporter, she knows about the foot, and like we said before, she's trying to get the police to do anything. Sure. Because they don't believe that there's this ancient clan in Japan because some immigrant said something (laughs) April O'Neil. Like, nobody believes her. Right. She's just like trying to get something done. Again, just showing how ineffectual the police are, which, you know, now we need some heroes to rise. So that's pretty much her thing. She meets the turtles, but after she, like we meet them, uh, they take it's the charge. It's yeah. the turtles after that, right? The, you know, you still have like a romantic interest with April O'Neil, mm-hmm. but like we are along the lines of what we're talking about. We are interested because wouldn't you be in how these turtles came to exist? Right. So April O'Neil did her job. First of all, she's capable. Mm-hmm. Which is a departure from the police department. Um, she's a total babe, so like, <laughs> like these are teenage turtles, of course. Um, but, like I, I like what Judith Hogue did, even though like 
from like kind of a source material perspective, there's like nothing about her that screams April O'Neil to me, and like at all. <laughs> Other than she's a news reporter. <laughs> that, that's it. Like, uh, you know, even in the remake, they like make an allusion to like that classic yellow mm-hmm. outfit, which I was kind of like bummed that wasn't in. This. They did a yellow coat in the beginning, yeah. and that was kind of it. Yeah, she didn't want to do a yellow jumpsuit. I, I mean, I don't blame her. I don't, I don't, I don't blame her either. <laughs> I, I don't blame her, you know, especially because uh, I think it works for her character because she is a serious journalist. Mm-hmm. So just doing the like, I'm wearing a yellow jumpsuit, although I would have enjoyed that, <laughs> does, does uh, could undermine the character. But like, I, besides like not always looking like April O'Neil, I think just acting like April O'Neil was uh, useful. <laughs> I think that, that was important. And I felt that she did just a really good job of grounding a film that without that character it can get off the rails oh no yeah she did have to do some heavy lifting there because she is our introduction to the turtles and she has to be you know really serious and then she mm-hmm. has to be really funny at the yeah. same time like yeah. that first meeting of the turtles where she's just kind of screaming like, ah! she's like trying to explain like okay i saw you in the alley so that explains you but you guys you turtles right, like, right. she's like freaking out so she has to put on uh, quite a few different hats in this. And sure. I think Judith Hogue pulls it off really well without, you know, taking the air out of the room and, you know, stealing the scenes from the turtle. Yeah, no, no completely. And um, you're interested in all aspects of her life, even with this insane Foot Clan plot going on. Mm-hmm. So I care about April O'Neil's career. Um, yeah. Uh, her weird relationship with her boss and her son. Um, uh, the relationship with Casey. And, like, there's, like, that gener- genuine tension that I think the movie actually handled well. It was like, these turtles seem to be obsessed with April O'Neil. And yeah, Casey Jones <laughs> is like, kind of like, coming across as like, the uh, the front runner here. And I think they handled it in a way that was like, oh, everybody's okay with this. Like, cool. Uh, which isn't always the case sometimes in like, the turtle universe. Right. And uh, yeah, Judith Hope just did everything. I'm a nurturer. I'm a, I'm a career woman. I'm, I'm a badass. Because she gets her hits in too, you know? Like, um, she holds on to the past. She has that antique yeah, store that her right, dad her father. has. And just keeps it open just because of that connection to her father. You know, it's, it's very quick, it's that good, line, but it's there. And it's, I like it. It's a good line. And it makes it even more impactful when her home is destroyed. Yeah. Because it's everything she has. Yeah. It was like her connection to like so much more than just stuff. Like it was connected it, to her dad. We're going to talk about this big theme about dads in this movie. Oh, totally. And I mean, just to put a pin in that, when we start talking about some of the action later, where they choose to have action in the original film matters. It, it, like, the locations are consistent and personal to the yeah. characters. It's true. In a way, in the remake, um, sometimes I didn't know where the hell people were. Because I thought we were in New York, but then there was some... Yeah, mountain. <laughs> you know, yeah. the mountain right outside of New York. You don't know that mountain? You don't so, go there when you go to the city? So, uh, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> like, I was genuinely concerned as a viewer watching them fight in April's Antique Store. And because of that that one line that Judith Hogue dropped perfectly, mm-hmm. and it framed up other parts of the action. I just think that she's such a good connector between the human world, the, the, <laughs> the shredder... Right fight because of the relationship with the kid like she just i mean jack of all trades she kills it she's awesome in this movie yeah phenomenal phenomenal job she did 
And then we have Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Um, uh, so let me just start with like a little bit of her backstory. So she's a bit of a fluff reporter. She's not mm -hmm. a serious journalist yet. Right. You know, she does like little things about like spring exercise. It's kind of funny. A little <laughs> yeah, there. It's like, I've never seen a fat bird. So that, <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. That was, <laughs> everybody's pretty, it's like, you've never seen a pigeon, dude. Yeah. Those fuckers are fat. But uh, yeah, so they're, it's, it's funny. And um, she's trying to be serious. And like we said, like her dad's the scientist that mutated the turtles. And she... Yeah knows the turtles and she has the video of when she was playing with the turtles right. still and right. it's like April O'Neil in the remake is a lot of that movie. She does she a is. lot of heavy lifting. I you could say Reggie, she is the hero I think of so. the movie. I think so. Cause like as I was watching the film it was like the first forty plus minutes, like you might get a flash of turtle. Like you might might see a turtle. Like it is, it is mostly about April O'Neil's sort of failing career and uh, departure from Judith Hogue, who I thought felt serious and in control the entire time. This person has so much ambition, but also is just so bad at communicating with people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it's like I want you to not have to do the fluff piece. But then when you have, like, credible evidence of something, mm -hmm. you just stammer through. Yeah. I got a turtle. Uh, she uh, had photos of the turtles and just doesn't open with that. Doesn't show that. <laughs> it, like, great point. Because Whoopi Goldberg, who plays her boss in the film, is like, what, what is this? So she, she shows Whoopi Goldberg everything about the turtles. Yeah. The next scene, the next scene, she goes to Eric Sachs and shows she him a picture of the turtles. <laughs> get it man i don't get it because they they they, they <laughs> write in this shit <laughs> sorry i'm dying time. now i'm dying <laughs> they write in this shit where donatello erases her camera like right. Heart, like right factory reset whatever it doesn't matter she still um, gets a photo in she gets a photo yeah so you got a photo here's a, a symbol on a, on a warehouse container here's a symbol in another place <laughs> pepe sylvia pepe sylvia <laughs> <laughs> There's no Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> Carol! Carol! <laughs> Whoopee! <laughs> uh, but, the, but the problem I have with that is that I get that Whoopi Goldberg, who actually isn't unreasonable. Right. <laughs> like, I know everyone's kind of bullying her in the office, but like, their, their, their rationale is sound. Which yes! Is, we have actual news evidence reporting <laughs> you're like i'm down to die would you get a picture no i didn't she's got the worst camera in the year 2012 <laughs> i mean it tells her this is too dark oh okay i give up can we get megan fox an iphone this is crazy <laughs> this, this is part of her problem she's got an android product i'm an android user i mean <laughs> don't come for me but like i'm looking at this and how many times are you in a situation when we have camera phones and you're not able to get a scrap of evidence. It just it just really bothers me how incompetent Megan Fox is. And to your point, she is the movie for like most of it. She's the hero. <laughs> I it might as well be called April O'Neil and the Ninja Turtles because <laughs> she they call they call her brave and a hero like many times. She saves Splinter and the Turtles. Okay. 
pre-mutation. Mm-hmm. She's able to save Splinter when Shredder's about to kill him. Yep. And she defeats Eric Sachs with a little bit of help from Vernon. Sure. And like you said... She, she, gets, gets, the, the, she gets the last kick. Yeah. She gets the last... She... She... <laughs> spoilers. Uh, we'll get to this. But she defeats the Shredder. <laughs> I just don't love what they did with this character. Like, I... Look, like Yellow I, Jacket was a nice touch. <laughs> Megan Fox is nice to look at, I guess. Sure, but even... Even that, like, it doesn't fit. I know we can kind of do that with Transformers because you've got, like, Sam Wiki, who's, like, a contemporary. They're, like, the same... They're in the same school or whatever like that, by the way. Or, never mind. <laughs> different, different franchise. But, like, no one treats her like that, though. Like, Will Arnett, throughout the film, is obsessed with her. Right. Um, Michelangelo... Very successful for her. Yes. Um, uncomfortably so. <laughs> but, like, it's not like she commands, like, respect in the office. Kind of going back to what I was saying about her getting dunked on at the job. It wasn't like everyone was like, oh, my God, there goes April. She's so hot. And, like, uh, right. like man, she may be a bad report, but I got I to gotta sit in that store and talk to her. <laughs> Everyone's like, you idiot. Why don't you go report something about some yeah. stupid dog or something? Don't jump on a trampoline, yeah. buttermaker. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, it's so inconsistent. Like, is she hot? Is she not? It's like, you've got scenes where Will Arnett's kind of like checking out her ass. Yeah. During an action scene. And like, I mean, like, we'll get to that. It's, yeah. But like, then you're going back to like her childhood turtles. Like, what? what is, who is this character? And like, is this the April O'Neil that we know? Because this is not the April O'Neil that I know. Yeah. Uh, whether it was the cartoons or movies, April O'Neil always had her shit together. And I'm not seeing enough of that in this film. Like, she's comic relief. She's comic relief a lot. Megan Fox, not great at delivering <laughs> no. lines of comedy. There are two scenes where she's kind of explaining to her roommate uh, oh, things that are happening to kind of vindicate um, these crazy things she's been saying. Right. And all I kept thinking when she was saying it, I was like, man, a better actress really could have nailed that. Like, she just doesn't have the delivery. She doesn't have the timing. Right. She just, just can't deliver comedy at all. Megan Fox is so meh with her yeah. deliveries. It's It was just, we call it miscast. Yeah. I mean, she severely miscast. I don't think she'd I mean, carry it. I, I'm terrible with names, but you may recall the, the actress from Jumanji. Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Like, Karen Gillan could slate this role. Yeah, dude. I heard other actresses they were uh, considering. Um, Elizabeth Olsen. Would have been sick. Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Would have been awesome. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> uh, like, I'm reading, like, why weren't any of these um, other actresses Elizabeth, cast? Elizabeth Olsen could have done the humor mm-hmm. very well. Like, if you're going to be this kind of, like, bumbling version of April O'Neil, I think Elizabeth Olsen could pull that off. I think Anna Kendrick can pull that off, too. I think she actually could. Like, Anna Kendrick is actually really good at at being absurd and still have credibility. Mm-hmm. Like, Pitch Perfect is a good example. Like, here's a person being ridiculous, but, like, still can, like, fit into society. Like, Megan Fox almost feels like a social pariah, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, how are you this bad at your job? And, like, I can't go with you on the journey of I'm not getting the respect that I deserve. Like, when Judith Hogue is getting pushed back, 
Like, hey, look, the police chief wants you to stop. Yeah. I'm not going to stop doing shit. I am going to report the news. Right. That's not what's happening here. No. <laughs> this, this is someone who's like, like you said, a roommate, someone that you, you talk and interact with. Turtle, uh, 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 big, um, uh, uh, mutant. Uh. <laughs> like, excuse me. Say words. Explain what's going on so people understand what's happening. And she's unable as a reporter, to report the fact that there were six-foot-plus-tall turtles kicking people's ass in the city. Like, she's unable to explain that to anyone. <laughs> Reasonably throughout the film, to the point where the first time someone believes her, it's almost the end of the movie, by the way, is Will Arnett in the car. Uh, at the end of the movie... Because the, he sees the turtle. Right. I mean, we have to see a turtle. Because <laughs> she can't explain it. Because it's... <laughs> What is happening? Like, how is that possible, man? And this isn't even Megan Fox. Like, Megan Fox has done worse shit. Like, she's not as bad as as it is. Like, I don't understand what's happening in the film that, like, they're just not able to get a consistent <laughs> performance from her. And it's just, like, making her so bad at it just undermines the character, especially, like you're saying, if she's the hero. Which she just might be. She, she kind of is. <laughs> Sorry for the rant. I just, I, I get. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I get um, what they did with her was not consistent with what April O'Neil should be doing. You know, talking about a competent journalist. So not good there. And then I don't really think Mega Fox carried anything well at all. I don't think, you know, she wasn't given anything good, and then she couldn't carry what she was given. Even like. Which is supposed to be like her cup of tea, even like the hot factor. Like, I'm not saying she's not an attractive woman, but I'm just like, I'm not. We're just doing so many different things. That like, I don't think anyone besides Will Arnett is focused yeah. on her attraction. And like Judith Hogue, um, the turtle likes her. Casey likes her. Um, her boss likes her. You know what I mean? Like, having those moments makes it credible, even if, like, the 90s fashion doesn't hold up today. Like, like okay, yeah, Judy Holt's hot. That's what they're saying. She's hot. All right, she's hot. Um, Megan Fox, who is, by all accounts, hot, like, it's not her driving focus. The only people that are focused on that are basically children, the way that they act, right, in the film. And she's not worried about romantic interests at all no. in the film. So why is that the focus? <laughs> I just like to give Will Arnett something to do. I, yeah, well, hooey, hooey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they give him something to do. I just, uh, I don't know. It's like it feels like um, I know Michael Bay isn't actually director, but I know he's heavily involved here. Like his Megan Fox obsession has, it, like, is a hindrance once again in this film. Yeah. Because there's so much of the male gaze on Megan Fox in scenes that it doesn't even make sense. Right. Yeah. Like like you said, that action sequence. Like, oh, now he's going to stare at her ass. Like, we need a comedic beat here for him to stare at her ass. It's like, we really didn't. We didn't, especially if uh, he's going to just crash the truck that they're driving. That's not helpful. <laughs> and especially because she's not reciprocating back to him at all. At all. That's almost the running joke is that she does not care about his advances. Yeah. Quite the opposite. So if you're going to play it that focused, 
on the career. Make her good at the career. Having her be so bad at her job undermines the character to a level that is inexcusable because it just makes it very hard to just accept that she's trying to report the story. I, I wish I could just accept that that's what's happening. And I'm unable to because of the way it's filmed. It bothers me. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> One of us was going to rant about it. So I'm happy you took the rant there. Holy shit. So that was our Aprils. <laughs> I'm sure we'll come back to there because we got we haven't talked about our turtles yet. Hey. Let's talk about our turtles. So the main difference here, obviously, we got Jim Henson and company. I know. Amazing <laughs> job. Jim Henson's last job, I had like a month and a half after wow. New Year's released. Wow. Uh, versus, obviously, CGI, tur- Turtles, Splinter, Shredder, <laughs> all of that. Um, I mean, what can I say about Jim Henson and company? Wow, what an amazing job they did. <laughs> Not only to make it look as good as it was, mm-hmm. but to also be able to move like yes. that, to be able to do those kicks, the it's, flips, it's all crazy. that stuff in like this huge bulky suit. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you would think it'd be unfilmable, like mm-hmm. like the ability to like show these turtles. Kicking and stuff like that. It looks just really... the animatronics for talking. You lie. Do I? <gasps> wow. <laughs> I mean, I think that's really kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier in uh, the film. That's why you can believe a talking rat avenging his his master. That's why you can believe that these these turtles care for each other, care for Master Squinter, uh, care about April. Like, the animatronics and the suit design are so good that I don't know what a sad turtle looks like, but apparently I do, because, like, <laughs> they pull it off. It, it, <laughs> they pull at your heartstrings. They do. And they also, like, give you the type of action that's legible. It's crazy that you can actually follow the action in this film uh, with... All the challenges that must have been involved in, in doing that—it's like, really impressive. I mean, oh. so yeah, you have the practical suit, and it's mm-hmm. a very simple design, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just you know, you got obviously the turtle look, whatever, and then they have whatever, let's say, weapon holster sure. and their weapons, and then obviously their little masks, and that's that's it. Very simple yeah. design. Those are identifiers. Very complex designs mm-hmm. in the the 2014 film where it, they got like Leonardo's got like. A chest armor yeah, or something. They're all wearing like different like accessories, and they even have like sort of like tattoos kind of <laughs> on their shells and stuff. These are it's busy. It's busy. They're it's busy. These are huge turtles. These are very very large turtles. Yeah, the biggest six feet turtles <laughs> ever shown. The original film it does look good, but I also it is also goofy like. It kind of feels closer aligned to that old animated TV series that we like so much. Like, um, re- like you said, the identifier is your weapon and your uh, your bandana or whatever your eye mask, basically. Mm-hmm. 
you're so right about this remake. I think like some of them have pants. Maybe they all have pants. Like <laughs> Donatello's got this crazy like backpack thing. He's got the goggles on. Like they're trying to give them their own personality, which I appreciate. Which, uh, I do, I do. But to your point, it is confusing without like diving into any real like backstory and just being introduced to these characters. Um, it's hard for me to, to know, like, kind of why everyone chose their look. Like, I, I think it's kind of inferred that, like, Donatello's turtle had that, like, tracker on it, which came back into play in the movie, which I guess is why he has a giant backpack or something like that, because maybe he has, like, a tracker on his back. But, like, they didn't say that. I just assumed that. And I think that we got to make a lot of assumptions about these turtles that probably we don't need to. Like, I think at one point, Raphael breaks his shell. Yeah, his shell cracks, uh, shredder cracks a little bit, and then he's just like, just tape it up, man, which is badass, Raphael. Yeah, it's pretty, like, I don't know, it's just, it, I didn't know exactly what, like, in the universe as presented. Because, like, you have, like, a, um, basically a robot shredder. Right. Like, I didn't really get the consistency in the uh, design with the turtles and some of the other action happening in the movie. Like I felt like the original film is a pretty cohesive film when it comes to costume design. And this, like, the turtles feel like a departure from really everything else in the movie. So I remember when they first showed images of the turtles, mm -hmm. and this is when the internet hated it. Yeah. The turtle nostrils thing in particular. Okay. Everybody absolutely hated And, you know, you think about, like, today, like, you know, there's a movie coming out called Sonic 2. Sure. And I don't know if you remember, Reggie, that original Sonic design, but the internet bitched and bitched and bitched and got its way. And I don't think we'd have a Sonic 2, unless the internet got its way. So the fact that they designed these turtles, it's like, man, I really kind of wish they listened to what the right. people said right then. Uh, you know, funny enough, like, um, I happen to, like, browse. I've watched about half of that Sonic movie. Um, and I do remember that original design being just like, troubling yes <laughs> very disturbing and like when they when they talked about reshooting that or like redoing all that i was like man that's gonna be really expensive yeah. i don't know i don't know if that's gonna be worth it worked out We're totally worth it worked out worked out something too i might like, shit i might go see it <laughs> probably not theaters but i like you know the first movie again i didn't finish it but i was like mm, this is actually better than i thought it was gonna be and you got a guy like jim carrey running around all that to say that when a fan base that you're literally catering to, right? It's not like it's not like you picked like an original IP and were like, "This is um, a, what Petey the Porcupine, right?" It's <laughs> it's Sonic the Hedgehog. There's an expectation of what that look is. Uh, I felt that the original movie for Ninja Turtles, that's what I expected Ninja Turtle to look like. Uh, the remake, I don't know necessarily what like do whatever you want but like if the if the backlash is enough that you're going to recast your villain you could switch up some of the cgi you can just do something to tweak up that nose it was just so weird everybody was just like that nose thing and i saw like people like redo it and mm -hmm. where they kind of fixed it so it looked more like the turtles that sure. we recognize and it looked good and i don't know man it's is it because they wanted the turtles to be aliens? Like, is that? 
Yeah, originally it was not going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was going to be called Ninja Turtles, and there was that whole plot line that like, oh, they're going to be from aliens from Dimension X, and so was Shredder. Colonel Schrader. <laughs> Colonel Schrader. Yeah, it was just this absurd thing with aliens, and they do reference it in the movie. We're like, aliens, that's stupid. And April says that to Vern. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could feel like, mm, we really, you know, went to the last minute to make a decision here. Like, we did, nothing was right. like set in stone. Like, and all these like small changes like are hurting the film because right. everything just right. feels like they're, not consistent. They're buckling to pressure. Like you were saying, inconsistently. Like, yeah. <laughs> the way that they're buckling the pressure, uh, sometimes we will buckle, sometimes we won't buckle. It, it, it's it's really strange, because like, uh, like you're saying, it, in some aspects it hurts the film. I will say this, like from a personality perspective, I do think that they pull off the Turtles kind of having their own personality. Definitely. I think the original film does too, by the way. But uh, I, I did think, especially like... Uh, towards that weird mountain action scene. Like, I felt in that moment, the film was kind of like working because as the action was happening, each turtle had their own distinct thing. Mm-hmm. And like by like letting Donatello kind of do something cool. Like I, I felt like they did, even though they were huge and jacked and on steroids in some parts of the movie. <laughs> um, um, I think they did a good job of like making them feel i guess like unique. teenagers okay you know and unique but i just felt like the again it, it was inconsistent jumped out at me again it's just like i don't get why the turtles look like that why the foot looked the way that they look why shredder looks the way that they look like it doesn't feel like the same like costume department sat down and said all right this is what our universe is. <laughs> the turtles just feel like their own thing, and I, I'm not really sure why. Going to the performances, I didn't really have trouble with, um, I guess, the turtles' personalities. Sure. I was a little taken back by Johnny Knoxville as Leonardo. Yeah, I thought that was a weird choice, yeah, especially weird because choice. it's Teenage Mutant right. Turtles, and I'm just hearing what? the guy from Jackass. What? Like, although the Michelangelo actor is pretty good, but like, I, like Johnny Knoxville, I can see him being like a Mikey. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You know? Yeah, okay, I'll yeah. take that, even though he's a little bit older, but, like, yeah, he, it's just weird for him to be that kind of, you know, kind of sort of Captain America-ish Boy Scout yeah. leader. Yeah. Because he never yeah. really does anything. Like, and No, like, actually, Leo probably, out of all of them, has the least personality. Yeah. In the film, which, I, I don't know, like, the, it never really felt like... Um, he like stepped into his leadership role. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because you definitely got Raph with like the aggressive fighter. Mm-hmm. You definitely got Michelangelo with his cracking jokes constantly. Donatello yep. with his you know various inventions and like his poindexter ways. But like Leonardo never really took that role yeah. of like, all right, turtles, we're all coming together. Right. We're gonna follow my plan. I'm the leader. I'm gonna take right. charge here. Never really had a that, moment like that. I just yeah, I don't recall a moment like that. And like I said, I actually uh, said Donatello's not my nobody's favorite turtle <laughs> he's somebody's favorite turtle um but like i felt like giving some of those donatello scenes like i i felt those felt good at times when donatello like steps out and like does his thing and i mikey pulling out like the kind of like the skateboard type thing like i felt those moments were good and to your point leo who's the leader is like the 
least impactful turtle. Yeah, least interesting, for sure. Definitely least interesting in the entire film. To the point where, like, to your point, the star of the movie, I think I recall more of April O'Neil in some of these fight scenes than I do Leo. And that's that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember him, really, in some, I, some of the fight scenes. I don't remember him doing much of anything. But he must have, right? Like He had to. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of the mountain, too. And I, I'm remembering what all the other Ninja Turtles did during that. I remember I can't exactly remember what everyone else did. I can't remember his stuff I, at all. Fucking Donatello slid on his back, did the, uh, the, the, the staff thing, which was yeah. badass. That was actually pretty good. Um, Mikey, like I say, he basically created like a skateboard and, you know, did that. That was cool. Raphael did this crazy turtle spin into a tank. Like, like a tank? Yeah, yeah, like a Humvee or something. Like, that was cool. And then I don't remember what Leo did. Leonardo got electrocuted. He did. He did. He, he went to... He needed to be saved by the other Ninja Turtles. That's right. That's right. That's what our leader did. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm on the fence. Like, I did find... At times, I felt some of the voice acting was annoying, but I think that's just what the characters are. Somewhat, they are immature. Yeah. Uh, teenagers. So, it was like, I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. Um, I, I just... Again, I struggle with the consistency because at certain times, like, Raphael was like a roided out rage monster, and then other times we're like beatboxing in an elevator, you know? Like, I just don't... I, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to feel about them throughout the film. But I, I, I don't want to shit on it completely because I do think that a lot of elements of it worked. I just was really confused. Yeah. No, there was definitely elements that worked. I'll tell you my biggest pet peeve, though. You kind of touched upon it. It was just how strong they were. I did not <laughs> like how strong they were. You yeah. know, comparing it to the original, they're pretty much like normal dudes. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to, like the strength of a human man, yeah. I would say, is kind of the strength of a Ninja Turtle. In the 2014 film, the strength of 10, 20 men, perhaps? Dude, they're invincible. <laughs> they say out loud they're bulletproof. They were. What the hell can hurt these turtles? Where's the threat to them? Yeah. It's like a, Superman. It's a great point. And going back to the April O'Neil thing, because they're so strong, it actually undermines her vigilante story. Yeah. She's like, I saw a guy who was able to like throw someone 20 feet. I was like, well, that can't be true. Get out of here, O'Neill. Like, <laughs> yeah, when they were bulletproof, I was, I was confused. Um, yeah, yeah, no, they're super strong. They're too strong. They're way too strong. There's, what version of the Ninja Turtles have you ever encountered where they're that strong? I, never. Even like the gritty kind of like back to the, like the base of the old black and white like hard-nosed ninja turtles like yeah comments and stuff like that like they were just capable they weren't like fucking oh yeah like, dude, like you said Raphael pretty much takes out a tank yeah really yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me with a broken shell yeah with a broken <laughs> shell with duct tape over a yeah. shell that's it <laughs> better up Can you imagine uh, if that shell was fully healed? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that, like, what works about the Ninja Turtles a lot of times is, yes, they've got weapons and stuff like that, but, like, a lot of their best action is cartoonish. It almost might as well be, like, the Three Stooges sometimes. Like, uh, they're more likely to make you fall down, like, a manhole than they are to, like, destroy a, a tank. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. you know, like, 
I could see one of them like tapping you on the shoulder and another one punching you in the back of the head. Like that <laughs> is like the type of action I expect from them. And this was like, what are, like we're sliding down a mountain. We're fucking launching SUVs in the air and we're yeah. we're like taking electric shocks to like fake I, I was really confused that like you mentioned the power levels yes. of these turtles. It was just I don't know, I definitely didn't like it. And the problem is now you've made them stronger, so mm-hmm. obviously that's yeah. why Shredder needs that stupid right. armor thing. Right. But he didn't know that. Why I make this entire scene where like Shredder is like beating up a goon. To show how powerful he is. When he's going to need help anyway. Yeah. like It's totally pointless. We didn't see Shredder like lift a, a car. <laughs> we saw him like beat up one guy. Yeah. Even like the... Uh, going back to what you were saying with some of the action. The amount of guns in the movie confused me. It's a lot of guns. Some of them had Tranks. Yeah. Yeah. Tranks don't let him hit your body. <laughs> <laughs> um, that like subway scene where we were first introduced to like Turtles... Fighting, which, you know, fine, you know, it's cool. It actually looked pretty good. It was shot decently, but, like, I was confused to, like, going back to the original movie, I didn't see a gun. I saw a bunch of guys, like, kind of kicking. Like, it felt like the action felt reasonable <laughs> for that film. Like, this this film, I don't know why the Foot Clan is more like this black ops sort of, like, True. Yeah. like you know, ex-patriot marine type character. <laughs> like, I didn't get that because then how are we going to get ninja stuff? That's a good point. Because <laughs> it's more like military stuff at I, that point. Yeah, you're I, right. I don't want to see block these bullets with our shells, boys, and like, you know, like, I want to see flips and kicks. I want to see like break dancing into uh, <laughs> Like, I want to see Ninja Turtles. And um, I felt like a lot of the times the action didn't feel like that, which I think is why that one action scene stuck with me so much, because that, even with all the crazy explosives and everything, like, that felt somewhat like the Ninja Turtles. Like, I'm sliding around in my shell and kicking stuff, mm-hmm. like, but I don't know. It just, there weren't a lot of opportunities to showcase that ninjutsu. No, because if they fight a human one-on-on, let's kill them. Let's kill them one kick. It's, it's not a fair it's not, fight. It's not. No, it's not. so you can't have them doing those fights to answer your question because they easily overpower yes. any human yes. on Earth at all. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're the rocker, the rock yeah, on right. steroids, which he probably is anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, yeah, so you have to introduce, well, they have guns. That's sure. how they counter it. Sure. But you could easily fix all that by just not making the Ninja Turtles stupid strong. That's true. Here's, here's, here's like a good kind of like juxtaposition, right? Like if you look at when Raphael is in that fight on the roof with all the Foot Clan, he's just like kicking people's asses, like left and right. How do you guys expect to beat me? I mean, come on. How do you guys expect to beat me? Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. It's a great line. Like, more guys. More guys will work. You know, like, in this movie, I didn't feel like more guys was the solution. Like, we need, like, a nuclear bomb. (laughs) Seriously, more guys are just taking more time, and now i got to watch this movie even longer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But, I, again, something as simple as that, which is, here we are showing turtle power. Yeah, you can knock out, like, 50 guys. That's kind of, but can you knock out 100? No, 
The answer's no. <laughs> he needs some help from his uh his, from his brothers. Yeah, and it, again, it raises the stakes because, like, man, Raphael could have died mm-hmm. during that roof fight easily because you know what? He's not super freaking strong. We have to watch him get nursed back to health yeah. in a farm. Which again, it sounds like that shouldn't make sense. I should be complaining about that. And yet, I thought that those things worked really well too. Yeah. <laughs> and in going back to backstory, April's childhood farm. Not her dad's lab with <laughs> mutant juice in it. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I don't want to completely dunk on the remake CGI because I think that I, I like some of it, but you're right, they're too strong. And unfortunately, I mean, like Jim Henson Studios. I mean, they they went to this is Chef's Kiss. This was Ugh, top of the game. Phenomenal. Oh my goodness. This movie looks good. Yeah. And it shouldn't. <laughs> it, it looks. Good. Dude, the, for the budget they had too, you yeah. know, they did an amazing job. And yeah, in HD, yeah, okay, I could see like a little crease there, yeah, sure, sure. there, but you know, it still holds up incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not thinking like, oh, it's clearly going to see. I'm thinking, yeah, that could be turtles, yeah. man. Yeah, it could be turtles. I, I just bought it. You know, sometimes I look in suits like that's like a rubber suit thing, but like, I don't know. Just like again, the emotion that they're able to pull off. Oh, yeah. With these turtles is is like I don't even understand how they're able to do it. It's so good, and I I, I think that the remake has moments where it's good at that, but it's just it's not as consistent as ultimately what I think we're saying. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's the original movie has some pretty deep themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think one of them that it touches upon quite consistently the original movie is kind of that relationship between fathers and sons Should we? throughout the movie. You know, the original movie has this great theme of fathers and sons. You know, it's with all the turtles, like kind of consistent throughout it, but it really does this nice job of focusing on kind of Raph, mm-hmm. his relationship, right. um, relationship with his brothers and relationship with Splinter. There's a great scene where Raph like comes back home uh, like after this movie and then he's just, just Splinter and him. You know, so it's a very... Oh, it's, just, it's just a beautiful scene, yeah. you know, that whole thing. It's just like, Raphael just comes home, he's like, you, he's like, we need, it's kind of like, we need to talk, son. He's like, you have this anger, this uncontrollable anger that I've tried, I've tried Raphael, right. and I don't know how to, what to do, you know. Um, your brothers have it too, but you, you choose to face this alone. Right. It's, 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 so effective. It's such a good scene. You know, it's a silly scene where a mutated turtle and a sure. mutated rat are talking. <laughs> but the way he's talking to his son, you could feel that that he cares for him so much and he's just trying so hard right. to connect to him. Right. And you could feel Raphael too. He's just like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what's wrong with me, Dad. And, I have this anger and you're and, right. And, and I'm not going to fight with you, but I do have so much anger and it's just... Man, they established that relationship so it's well. So good. so good. And like, even like the, because it's not really a solution, right? But he's like, you know, just be careful that you don't take that inside. Yeah. Because that's a battle you can't win, right? Like, you've got to rely on your brothers. It's such a good scene, yeah, man. It's like, don't forget your brothers and don't forget me. I am here. I feel it. Solid shit, man. It's so good. It's so silly because it's a rat and a turtle. But he's talking <laughs> about this father-son relationship. And it's it's prominent throughout the film. And it's, it's just so well done. And it really makes you care about, like, 
this rat. If anything happens to this rat, well, I'm gonna run. Well, they they really mess with you. In that sense. <laughs> they put that rat in danger. I guess what is Kevin Clash in the uh, original film? If you will please just sit down and calm yourself, I will tell you where we came from. He talks. It is really quite simple, Miss O'Neill. And he knows my name. In the remake, it's Tony Shalhoub okay. does the voice, but he's also uh, performed by somebody else. Okay. I saw how your father loved you, and I knew I had to show that same love to the turtles. In the original film, you got Kevin Clash, who just, like you said, with a scene like that, which is so good. Uh, and in the remake, you've got Tony Shalhoub playing Splinter. I can tell you right here, the, the, this is a big change in the films. I, it actually might be one of the most critical changes to why aspects of this remake aren't working. We're both in here getting uh, emotional about a puppy rat, right? Because it's it's actually feels like, you are all my sons and I love, like that is a consistent, he loves his sons. Mm -hmm. He says it. He says it, he proves it. He says it, he proves it. He proves, says. <laughs> you got these one-on-one -on -one scenes where he's giving them advice and it's like, you've got one more lesson to learn. Turns out the lesson was um, just, you know, believing in each other. That was the lesson. I could have told you that, but it <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, and, and just the splinter backstory that we talked about before, like the kicks and shit like that, like it all, it all felt very nice and cohesive. And I felt like splinter, once April O'Neil kind of like handed off the movie to Splinter, because that's kind of what happens in the film. Right. Splinter then takes us to the next phase of the movie where he's then captured and like watching Splinter like chained up to a wall. It really it's difficult. It's heartbreaking. Difficult to watch. <laughs> I, I, I'll admit it. Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man. If, like you said, if anything happens to this, right, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. The remake. I got a couple problems with Tony Shalhoub's uh, Splinter. I'll start with this. Like, I thought that the intro of the film, I get it. You know, we do this, like, graphic voiceover shit. I thought that was a little weak, especially compared to the original film, uh, the way that they did the intro to... Set up New York. In the crime it was perfect. I thought, like, you see New York. I'm not seeing a picture. Like, I'm seeing New York. I'm seeing the crime. Uh, but whatever. It's more of a personal right. This Splinter is not does not feel like the loving father figure. No. It feels like kind of an asshole. Kind of an asshole, a bit more jokey, I guess the, you could say, especially for that cheesy and the yeah. hashi. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't imagine, like, instead of a heartfelt conversation with your son about his anger issues, you're basically like, I am doing corporal punishment to the turtles so that they learn not to, like, sneak save out and save. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Like, the entire hostage situation is predicated on the turtles actually showing up. Like, that's the only reason anyone's held hostage is because they're trying to get them, draw them out. And, like, Splinter, what, what would he have him do? Like, let people get shot and blown up? That appears to be the case. And I don't love that he learned ninjutsu from a little fucking book. One book in the sewer. And then I found a way. That's so much worse to be like the best like karate ninjas whatever like in the world because of one book karate for dummies basically like yeah it's, it's ridiculous
Jake, you Dude, was... it was more like a pamphlet, by the way. It, it was, was really thin. Pretty, pretty <laughs> or, how about this? Or, my master yeah. and his one true love were murdered in cold blood by his rival, who is now the villain of the movie. And also, me and that villain have backstory because I gave him his scars. He gave me my scars. Or, I found a book in the sewer. <laughs> I did some, uh, you know, Kung Fu Panda shit, and now, you know, the I showed the Ninja Turtles also this. What a weak-ass backstory. Why? <laughs> Why is that your departure? Why is that your falling off part? Why couldn't he be the rat that happened to be Eric Sachs? Rat. In Japan. You know, like, wh- why not? Like, why this? How is this your backstory? It's pretty lazy. It's, it feels like how did they learn ninja uh from a book mm-hmm. it's, it's it's incredibly lazy i mean there's a lot going on in the original movie like just going back to like his master Matayoshi. Sure. i talked about fathers and sons i just realized now that that's kind of a father-son relationship it is. that he had it is. with his master so again we're just re-establishing that theme just how important it is throughout this movie and we're not done with it because we're going to talk about it when we talk about some other characters yeah. too and you know <laughs> that, that book it's, it's a stupid so, thing but like we talked about the original movie like that that splinter like nothing better happened to him because you established this amazing relationship mm-hmm. but he is captive but you know there's the threat of danger like of something sure. bad happening to him but he's not dying did right. you know that splinter is dying in the remake and we need I, this blood I, and yeah. did, you, did you feel it did you care no or did you not give a shit I, well because because it maybe this is my own fault for watching the original movie so recently, I've watched the the care and attention that happened with Master Splinter, the fact that like when he uh, when he was taken, they weren't there, right? Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. is a, kind of a big aspect of that. Very good. Is that like they were not there for their father in his moment of need? And not that it's their fault, but like it is what it is. But, like, in this remake, no, I, I didn't actually know that until you brought it up. I, like, missed the fact that he was dying. Yeah. I missed the fact that he needed the music. Because I saw they grabbed it at one point. Yeah. Like, Why did they have we need it for Splinter. Which is, like, such a weird thing to just put on the back burner. Like, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, in addition to stopping Shredder, we also got to save kind of Splinter, yeah. too. Yeah. It's such a weird thing it's to just, like, so kind of mention. It's so weird. And, like, also, again, like, this Splinter, he doesn't get enough screen time when he is on screen he's not in a loving like father relationship no. he's in like a disciplinarian relationship um when he tells them to like escape or like get out of there because shredder's so powerful they don't they don't they're like in the next room they like break into that room so it's like what was the purpose of splinter yeah being sort of sacrificing himself almost for for them to not listen right so like i i just think that there is a consistency in the first film of like Splinter knows what's going on. He's able to explain it in the turtles. The the only reason Splinter isn't there, I mean there's a lot, but like he's not there because you weren't. So like they feel guilty because mm-hmm. they weren't there to yeah. protect their father. In this case, they were there to protect him. And he was like, no, don't protect me. Yeah, he tries to sacrifice himself. They break in and they still get kidnapped and he gets the shit kicked out of I know. him. It's, it's it's so bizarre. It's really bad. And I have a problem. Here's a problem. Splitter's done. Mm-hmm. We need the mutagen. Mm-hmm. Which is in the turtle's blood. Sure. 
It's not his blood? Oh, no. You mean the mutant gen that turned Splinter into Splinter? Yeah. yeah. Which is what turned the turtles into the turtles. Yeah, right, right. So the it's not mutant, his blood? The same mutant. He doesn't, he doesn't have that? No, he needs a turtle mutant gen. Why? It's, they're bigger. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? This is so dumb. Why is their blood the cure for him, but he has the exact same thing in his blood, but it doesn't help him? I don't know, dude. Am it, I overthinking this? No, you're not. No, you're actually right. And it's... And why wouldn't they take Splinter? They leave him there. Wouldn't his blood be just as valuable it, as the turtle's blood? It is. And if I'm going on that, I'm on this right now. <laughs> yeah, nice. While the three turtles are captured, mm -hmm. Raphael fights Shredder. One-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. Raphael gets beat. Mm -hmm. Sh Shredder says, there's one more... A container for you. Yeah. He beats Raphael. Walks away. I know. Didn't he just threaten to put him in one of those fucking things to take his blood? No, but Glad you could join us. The fourth gauge is for you. Why did he walk away, Reggie? So we could threaten him again with the same consequence. Inconsistent movie. You're yeah. fucking inconsistent. It's true. It's true. Sorry. No, no. Rant's end. It's a good rant because what the fuck is even going on? At that point, first of all, where are they? Right? Like we keep talking about this mountain. <laughs> I have no idea where they are. Mount New York. You were in a sewer. <laughs> Mount New York. That's great. Now you're in this weird mountain. You have scientists on deck. And like they're threatening the scientists. Like we're going to poison the city, which is going to kill people, but then the mutagen's going to do it. But, like, we haven't even secured the mutagen, but that doesn't matter. What are they poisoning the city with anyway? definitely... Just chemicals? Yeah, some, like... They just have chemicals. Some, like, biochemical thing that... Okay. The mutagen, for whatever reason, which we haven't isolated, but, like, the mutagen's going to solve this. It, it's such a bad MacGuffin. It's such a bad... And, and then it's like, we need all their blood? You can't just get a sample no, of their blood like, and duplicate we have it. to kill them. Wait, wait, so we can't duplicate? Oh, no, I'm getting off on a rant here. No. Uh, so we can't duplicate that? So it's is it just, like, the amount of blood they have? Because we need all their blood. But Why today? Right? Like, you're still getting the cure. Mm -hmm. Like, you haven't, you haven't secured the cure. Right. The turtles still live. Right. One turtle's still out there. Right. No one said you have to poison New York today. We're not on a time crunch, is what you're saying. There's no... There's no reason to rush no this. There's no urgency. You're still... A multi maybe we should bulk up security a little bit maybe, here. Maybe. That way we could get yes. all the blood out. Why don't, and then... we, why don't we get it first? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> let's work in like order here instead of trying to do it all at once. I guess. Like, even if, like, let's say if they got it. Honestly, you're going back to what you were saying about like writing a good film. Perhaps uh, those turtles aren't in the room over and are still able to get in that room anyway. Perhaps it is just Splinter, and maybe Splinter is slowly dying because they're getting all the mutagen from Splinter. Perhaps the turtles found out that that is happening. Go on a rescue mission to save their father. In uh, that rescue mission, I don't know, someone could get injured. Maybe Wrath gets overzealous and he gets captured too. I don't give a fuck, right? But like, the point is, wouldn't it be more compelling of the film, just like in the original film, Splinter right. is captured. Right. Which makes sense because it seems like that's what they were going to do because Splinter kind of sacrificed himself. Right. So it seems like that's so where they were going. Why don't just sacrifice him and not have him open the door anyway? It doesn't happen in Doom with our friend uh, Duncan Idaho. <laughs> like, I, I just don't understand. And I get that they, I guess they wanted their 
Raphael isolation scene because it's kind of like a trope of the We gotta have Raph do his own thing. But I mean, perhaps like you would normally do with that storyline, perhaps Raph's rashness is why Splinter got caught. And he like isolates himself because he feels like it's his fault and then his brothers finally convince him to come back. I, I don't know. Or maybe he's like, Well, you guys are planning, I'm just gonna go do it because this is what I right, do. Right, I'm gonna do or you right, right, thing or right. there you go. Easy. Stop. We gotta stop rewriting the film, Reggie. I know. So we but, do. But someone needs to rewrite this film because would it be more beneficial scientifically to have living turtles that you can draw blood from in any yeah. amount of time? Doesn't have to be today. Doesn't have right. to be tomorrow. Like you have them in a vat, sedated, and you're able to just research, study them, get DNA, like fucking, uh, I don't know, fucking dissect them. I don't give a shit. But like, no, arbitrarily kill these turtles and get blood because that's the only reason. All their blood for because we can't do anything inside. Because we're vampires, right? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, I wasn't the one who put together the original research for this. Megan Fox's dad was the only scientist that understood this. Apparently, William Sachs or Eric Sachs was just standing there, just going, eh, I will follow whatever he does. Which, again, is inconsistent because in this scene where the turtles are captured, uh, and Splinter is not for reasons that make no sense, but um, when the turtles are captured, there's like 20 scientists right there mm-hmm. who are being threatened. They're like, hey, you solve this or you're going to get the poison treatment. It's just like the movie starts careening towards whatever it is they think the end is. And I I am just so confused as to what the actual fucking plan is. Why is there a rocket with gas in it? When were you going to release the antigen? Maybe put the other turtle in that container. Uh, Hell, if you're going to make April O'Neil the hero... Which they half-ass do in the scene. She's the one that has to save them. Save them. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, on that, they team up. It's like, well, distract them with his stupidity. Well, you know, it's cool because all you need to do after they lost all that blood is just inject them with adrenaline. Oh, boy. And that's it. That's it, Reggie. You know what? These turtles, I knew these turtles were looking a little big. <laughs> I knew they were looking a little big, but when when we gave them turtle steroids as, the, as like the solution, just Megan Fox, who at this point has not done anything competently in the film. I now am forced to believe that she is able to beep and boop a computer to give them way too much adrenaline. First of all, what type of adrenaline? Is this human adrenaline? Is this turtle adrenaline? Why is there an adrenaline adrenaline release for them if we're trying to kill them anyway? Uh, just in case, you know, you gotta maintain the levels. What? Right, like... <laughs> Like, this was just strapped to adrenaline for some reason. There's, yeah. like, Pulp Fiction fans. We just had <laughs> adrenaline ready. There's, like, for Mia Wallace. What are we doing here? And then I, you basically get juiced-out turtles just breaking through these vats. We're almost at the ending, but, like, I, I just... We gotta talk about how confusing this is. And it all stems from the fact that, like, they mishandled... Splinter. Yes, <laughs> that's what we were talking about. Splinter. <laughs> Splinter in the original film, fucking my guy. I love this guy. He's 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 my dad. <laughs> right. It, it's like you're getting life lessons. He's calm. Meditate. Think about your yes. actions. Work together. You're a family. 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 It's like fucking Fast and the Furious out here. This remake, Splinter, like, dumps him on her head, makes him stand on, like, 
balance on chairs for twelve like, hours. Tortures him, man. And, and like, instead of showing him any like love, he's just giving him hard love. And then the next scene, he's basically fighting for his life, and that that's it. Like we never get this Splinter to do Splinter shit. Splinter yeah. is always that guy, and he's just. He, He's like my least favorite character in this movie. Yeah, he, he doesn't do anything. He's he's loving in the original. He's he's a mentor, like you said. I mean, man, you talk about like how emotive or yeah. how much the the turtles can emote in that original film. That scene around the fire, man. Oh my god, yeah, with the blue flames. Holy shit, man! So I am proud of you, my sons. Tonight you have learned the final and greatest truth of the ninja. That ultimate mastery comes not of the body, but of the mind. He's teaching them lessons still, while mm -hmm. he's like all tied up, and then they got this like Jedi mind thing yeah. that they can like talk to each other. And that it's again, it's like such a heartwarming scene. And then he, after he's like, you know, you have learned the final art of ninja that is not of the body, but of, of the, the mind. mind. And then he's like, I gotta go. One more thing though. I love you all, my sons. That which I gladly return with my final words. I love you all, my sons. And then they're just crying. Splash, splash, they're splash. crying. I'm crying. I'm fucking crying. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good because after they, I'm like, they learned the last lesson. All right, yo, it's go time. Master of the mind. It's go time. Let's go kick some shell, It's really good. You get the the van. It's not quite the van yet, but like, not quite the turtle van, but yeah. But you know, it's the the origins. Man, again, just. Wow, you established him so well right. in this original film. Did not even come close in this reboot. Is he in the movie for two minutes? I'd say maybe, yeah. Uh, two minutes, yeah. That opening scene in the fight, for and, sure. And even, even like, other aspects of the plot, like Splinter talking to Danny in the movie. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll more father son stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, again... So if we're keeping score at this point, uh, <laughs> villains in the original film, better. Uh, because yeah. their backstory is tied in with our heroes. Uh, in this case being the Turtles, who are very emotive and fun to watch. Uh, they're funny and competent. Great. Uh, again, the original just run away with this. Splinter, I mean, it's not even it's not even a debate. Like, Splinter is just the, like, he's the man. Like he's the heart of that original It film. really, really is. Like, again... Killing it. So even with the big budget the CGI and stuff like that, like just a couple of puppets and some nice words can go a long way in film, man. And I think like there are just so many scenes like that where like Splinter has so much credibility and it just builds everyone else up. He it builds us up as the audience. Like I feel great about what's happening here and what could be an 
extremely silly and stupid movie. Because when you say it out loud, it is very it's silly. It's so stupid. Uh, <laughs> little turtles got goop on them. And then they're listening to their rat father who loves them. You say it out loud, it sounds so stupid, but you see how what they can do with it. And it's like, wow, I care about this relationship so much. I need this family to reunite. Yes. If yes. they don't reunite, right. I, I, I mean, like, literally... It's like Dumbo. If Dumbo yeah. doesn't reunite with his mom, I ride. Yeah. If the turtles don't reunite with Splinter, I'm done. <laughs> like, when you're watching Splinter just getting, like, tortured up there and never rats out his sons, yeah. never falters, like... He doesn't even talk to, Spl to Shredder yeah. at all. That's so fucking badass. That's really badass. He could easily just, you know, say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, just even just plead. Like, please, like, yeah. I have sons or right. something like that. He, nope. he doesn't say one word, no matter nope. how bad he's being tortured. He's no rat. He's no stupid. Yeah, yeah. He's no rat on <laughs> that one. Not this rat. <laughs> yeah, but, that, you know, look. The main people that we're talking about, villain, hero, uh, father figure, April O'Neil, all of them are being done so well in this original movie. And just having them so connected yes it's they're they're so connected and they're so disjointed in that 2014 film Nobody, the connections are like so thin but <laughs> so then thin. but then like they try to make these connections in places that don't make sense like i don't care that your dad worked for eric Sachs and then yeah. you had turtles that you just remember today and, and <laughs> like oh yeah i named them it's like they didn't even explain why she named them that way they, Splinter named those turtles, damn it. That's that there is, you go. that's that's the Ninja Turtles I know. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like somehow I know we went a lot of different places, but the turtles and Splinter, just that Jim Henson animatronics, suit emotion just pulls off so much better than CGI and I, I just felt like they didn't understand the heart of Splinter in the remake and it, it makes the movie suffer because if you made him more likable I think I'm I'm in for a lot of this ride they really do a phenomenal job with him and I I, I want to keep going with Splinter so mm -hmm. I'm, I am going to introduce these characters sure um, these you know we, we joke about uh, Eric Sachs being a popular comic character well not as popular as Charles Pennington and Danny Pennington oh. <laughs> uh, you know silly yes because who Right, right. Who right. are they? But they are father and son. Charles, April's boss. Mm -hmm. Danny, just the son. But he's a bad guy because he is in the foot. Yeah. He's ultimately why Splinter gets kidnapped. Sure. Uh, why everything just gets thrown like into this craziness. But you know we have the father and the son relationship again. Like I said, we have a theme yes. in this original yeah. movie. And to builds into Splinter's, you know, backstories, mythos, everything, while he's being tortured, while he's being held captive, yep. what does he care about? He cares about this kid yep. and his relationship, and he just wants to, like, you know, all fathers care about their sons. Even, like, your father doesn't, you don't think he cares about you? He does care about you, Danny, and I care about you. And even though I'm here, I'm going to try to take care of you as much as I yep. can. It's, yep. it, it's awesome. Some say that the path from inner turmoil begins with a friendly ear. My ear is open if you care to use it. No, I don't think so. It's a great term because like Dan, you see the conflict mm -hmm. in Danny, you see it. And like, uh, he's like, look, 
if you don't have anyone else to talk to, you can talk to me, even though I'm being chained to a wall yeah. at the moment. Like, um, He's not talking to Shredder. He's not talking to anybody. But he decides to talk to this kid because he thinks he can reach him, change him, help him. And, he's and, really, that's, and that's what Master Splinter should do, man. That's what he should do. It, it's 100% true. And, like, Danny Pennington is uh, actually, for being mostly a side character, it's actually a very strong character in this Very strong character. Because he literally gives us insight into the criminal operation. Hmm. Without Danny, we, we are seeing the direct effect of the Foot Clan on a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a kid who, by no accounts, because his father Charles says, I'm making enough money for both of us. Why are you doing right. this? He's a You're confused. stealing, Dan. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to quote the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like a confused teenager, and there's this like, this kind of cool gang. They got right. narco and arcade, and you can, uh, you can smoke right. some cigarettes. And they got cigarettes, regular or menthol. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, watching a kid who really shouldn't be going down this path, being on that fence in right. Splinter, saying, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? So, oh, my dad doesn't care about me. Like, that can't be true. Because yeah. I'm a father. <laughs> I'm a rat father. Fuck! <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> It's so fucking good. It is a rat chained to a wall talking to a bit character in a fucking movie about teenage mutant ninja turtles. And yet, I'm trying to give this guy an Oscar. (laughs) It works so well. It's amazing how it works. I don't know how it it, it just works on so many levels. I can't remember that rat so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the rats are fucking amazing, and, and then like um, Danny, you know, when he's he's back in the turtle sewer, he's got a picture of Leah. Like he's still connected with all these people, and like Splinter's influence is everywhere yeah. in this movie. And like even when he's not there to drive the plot, he's driving the plot because yeah. I made this one more amenable. I'm showing this person. Like, when Casey Jones comes out, it's like, I'm afraid. Like, that, it's a big deal. Because earlier in the film, Spencer's warning them about, like, some people that would be your allies may not be. It's like these small little lines that just universe building, universe building, and they come back, and they pay off, and they pay off, and they pay off. And I, <laughs> Splinter is the shit in this movie, man. Like, no doubt. Like, one of the best parts of the entire film because he literally feels like our mentors. Yeah. It's great. It, it works just incredibly well. I, You know, he Danny is such a side character, but he does really capture that kind of duality. Like, mm-hmm. do I want to, like, follow this Foot Clan? Or is there another way? Sure. And, like, Master Splinter is that conduit to, like, you know, this is not the way. Right, right. Let's, let's get you out of here. And then he really does... He, he affects things, you know. Yeah. Splinter, what he says when he says shit, like shit is like it has yeah. consequences. Yeah. Right. Doesn't necessarily happen in that remake. It, it makes uh, the Casey Jones line better at the beginning, uh, at the end of the film. You call this family like that, like it, it affects so much stuff. And Danny is a great character in the sense that he's showing you these kids aren't necessarily they're not. Bad kids. They're not kids. bad kids. They're just, you know... They're not bad kids? Yeah, they're just they're just not quite happy at home, so they take on this surrogate family, which mm-hmm. Danny does too, and then, you know, Splinter throws in doubt. He's right. like, maybe 
this isn't the answer either, right. Danny. Maybe right. you need to figure something out between you. If things aren't going well with you and your father, this isn't the answer. Yeah. Well, let's let's figure it out together. I'm here to help you. I have a friendly ear. A friendly ear. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, one of them, but it's friendly. And like when you see like Shredder freaking out, you see like his goons like starting to beat up on the kids and stuff like that. Like it puts all this stuff into context. Yeah. And like shows that Splinter's right. This isn't family. This is. Is corruption basically? Yeah, he's using you. He's using yeah. only you. What an awesome man! So good, so good. Yeah. Just, just again, just <laughs> reinforcing that. Sucks, <laughs> Charles kind of sucks though. <laughs> Charles is a little annoying. Yeah. But I gotta say that I'm just I'm, I'm I know I'm going ahead here, but like it's so funny. Like at the end when Charles and Danny reunite, it's a really sweet scene. Yeah, it is. But like it's also like this moment where Danny's like, Dad, it's just Dan now. Damn. Damn. Damn, I feel like I had that conversation with my dad yeah. at one point. <laughs> like, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there because I was Danny most of uh, my youth, and then all of a sudden, like I just decided I'm gonna be Dan now. So, nice. Um, you know, as a Danny mm-hmm. watching a Danny Ninja Turtle, yep. that was that was that's an awesome thing to experience. That's awesome. So, plus, he's a Sex Pistols fan, always wearing a Sid Vicious <laughs> yeah. shirt, and I, I, cool. I do appreciate the Sex Pistols and Sid Vicious as well. So, yeah, for for characters that aren't they're not really important to the mythos of the ninja turtles they they're not there long enough where you're like god i'm so sick of these characters but they are there and you're like hey i do care about them they give you some insight you know like charles you know his relationship with april and like uh, right i think it lends a lot of credibility to april her relationship with charles charles being like influenced by the police and stuff like that like it it all matters and but i think like you said they're used kind of expertly like they're not taken away from other things in the film no. so like it's perfectly fine for him to be there no yeah it, it just it it adds yeah, it's just <laughs> to like the extra, yeah just yeah. a little bit extra without dwelling too long on them mm-hmm. so you don't get annoyed by yeah them. yeah it's true in terms of other side characters yeah we... let's yeah let's talk about the other side characters so charles danny good side characters mm-hmm. but not really in the established ninja turtles sure. world that we know but you know who is that isn't that original film. Yeah. Casey Jones. You already nice. mentioned him. So we got Elias Codius as Casey Jones. Oh boy. Leftovers. You know, I just remember Casey Jones from the, the cartoon. That this badass uh, so cool. vigilante. He never took his mask off. So I was surprised to see that he took his mask off sure. here. But overall... I love this character in this movie. He he's very much there to be a badass, but he's a lot of comic relief mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, comic relief. I think he plays well off of Raphael. They're similar in their kind of like vigilanteism, which I think is great. That our kind of intro to him is with Raph. Yeah, out in the town, like it's a nice connection there that they they built. Uh, just pulling shit out of his uh, backpack, just throwing <laughs> these one liners. Cricket. The Jose can say go back. Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. <laughs> oh, it's really? so good. They go with full New York. Full New oh, York. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah, it's so good. But like Casey Jones, it, one, great character. Canon. Yeah. Um, I think they... And true yes. to his cat character yeah. and other mediums. At least from what I've seen in the cartoon. Like, okay, that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you said, this vigilante, he's doing things his own way. And, you know, he's got an edge to him. Yeah, he's got an edge, and like, yeah, maybe I don't have like fancy ninja training, but like I said, you got a conseco bat, <laughs> and uh, that can go a long way. And you see, again, and I think Casey uh, throughout 
his sort of stint with the Ninja Turtles um, kind of evolves his philosophy as well. Right. You see it very early in the film when uh, it's like, these punks need to learn a lesson. And Rat's like, not like this, man. It's not you. <laughs> not like this. Not from you. Not from you. Uh, <laughs> I hate punkers. Especially wearing <laughs> green makeup and weird masks. Casey, <laughs> Casey's great and immediately like incredible like we kind of pushed Charles aside like yeah Charles April that's not a thing <laughs> let's get this out of here uh, his his like interactions with April like slowly over time him kind who's of the babe <laughs> like immediately everybody's fighting in this antique store and he's like wait a second who's she is she available yeah. he's like oh, I'm available too I mean that's how he kind of meets April it's so funny <laughs> He's a fucking great. He's a great character. And that line, Wayne Gretzky Wayne, on, on steroids. I, I love that. <laughs> Which, by the way, is like he doesn't look that big. <laughs> no, he's not that big at all. <laughs> like, like Wayne Gretzky's much bigger than Elias. But like the lines, though, the, it doesn't matter. Like what is actually happening. The line is great. Yeah. Like Wayne Gretzky on steroids is a great line. Uh, him like seeing uh yeah Raphael across the, the skyline right it's great because you know him and Raph are at odds immediately mm -hmm. but the fact that he shows up to help him yeah just like says a lot about his character and like Absolutely. ultimately what matters to Casey is like the greater good yeah ultimately yep. so you can easily get on board with this guy and you you just get so much out of that especially from like a fan perspective like both of us are fans of the Ninja Turtles so the fact that like Casey Jones is being shown in film is mm. fucking awesome. Yeah. It's great. I get to see Casey Jones pull a bat <laughs> out and hit somebody with it. A cricket bat, too. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Um, the April Connection, you know, like, they, they do that well. Like, I think this movie does so much of, like, the lore quickly, well, without going too deep, allowing yeah. for uh, future expansion of this mm -hmm. of this lore. It's all right there on the surface. It ultimately like does get to, I think what makes Ninja Turtles work like is it's a pretty straightforward yeah. story. It really is. <laughs> yeah, vigilante, vigilante, hot chick, you know? <laughs> uh, evil samurai, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty straightforward. No, no, no Vern. In the remake. Yeah, we have Vern, portrayed by Will Arnett, of course. Three, four total turtles. One's fighting a robot samurai. Why not? No, Vern is as popular as Casey Jones, right? I think you're wrong, Reggie. <laughs> I don't think he's that popular. Is, is Vern, I don't remember when I was watching my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, VHSs and, you know, uh, eating a Burger King, you know, uh, kids meal. Um, I don't remember Vern being a thing. Yeah, um, the amount of Vern action figures I bought was probably <laughs> at a minimal, if any, because I, he definitely was not one of my favorite characters. I just, so you got one film that has the iconic Casey Jones. Full on, you know, hockey stick, Scott the Mass, immediately recognizable if you know the series. And if you don't, guess what? Introduction. Yes. You want to sell some more toys? Here, mm -hmm. that's Casey Jones. Which, by the way, I think uh, fellows like me and you probably had some Casey Jones uh, gear because I thought he was super cool <laughs> when I was a kid. Vern is a guy that holds the camera for April O'Neil's fluff pieces. He basically just keeps hitting on her to no avail. 
Whereas like Casey Jones, like that massage, I was like, oh, is this still rated PG? Like I thought he was uh, yeah. making the moves. He got, right? he got, he got in there. He got in there. I respected that. I respected. I that. really do like. I you know. Just aside, really quick. I love the chemistry between. Uh, I thought the they, two of them. I thought they pulled it off. Like it was amazing. Well, it felt a lot like a like a Jennifer Gray Swayze thing. You know. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 like Dirty Dancing. Like when he's sitting on the uh, the swing. The swing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, lead the way, Toots. Toots. Uh, babe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, princess. <laughs> She's like, all right, go fuck yourself. He's like, yeah. oh, what am I doing out here? Yeah. I'm drowning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's such like a typical, just like, dude. Uh, he's so funny. I'm, I, I'm getting another aside no, he's here. Great. He's, uh, when he's in the sewer, right, for the first time with the turtles, and then Donatello's like, you're a claustrophobic. He's like, I haven't even looked at another man before. It's like, he's saying you're afraid of enclosed spaces. Like, he immediately yeah. has that toxic masculinity. He's like, I do not like men. How dare you say that? I don't even like thinking that you think that I think that you. Right. Why is it so but, funny? But that's why Casey works. Because yeah. He is like, quote, quote, like a toxic male, but really he's not. He's like, he's a sweetheart. He's insecure. That's why he comes out. Like that's that. it. And, and I mean, I think Elias, uh, just pulled that off so well. He just felt so natural yeah. and like in the role. Like there was never a moment where I was like, well, is this guy doing too much? He oh, always weird. brought like what was needed in the scene. I think he just played so well off of Judith Hope that like it just Splinter is captured. And I'm okay with the tree swing right now. Like I'm okay watching him yeah, like, yeah. go back and forth. Cause like it felt like a real relationship budding. Yeah. It was really impressive how they pulled that off. Yeah, even his relationship with the turtles and yeah. like eventually Splinter, like yeah. you said before, it's just like okay, this, this feels like a natural progression. Like, you know, he does have an arc, Casey. Like, he's this kind of loner mm -hmm. that learns like, oh, I don't have to be alone. I, right. I, I could take on like the theme of like family. This is gonna sure. be now. This is my surrogate family, sure. and he learns to trust and like you know to be included with these other yeah. people that are different. And if you look at like the story that's being told in this first film. Casey, you know, we're not really getting his backstory here, but, like, who would be more eligible to be, like, a lost boy, foot clan guy right. than Casey Jones? Absolutely. Who also has the credibility of being like, no, I've done that. It's not the way you <laughs> call this family. This is a perversion. It's a dead up in that family. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And, like, him walking out with Splinter and, like, again, having the credibility to be like, like, you guys want to attack us? Is that what you really want to do right now? And, like, just... <laughs> Being able to like walk out, have all the 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 Foot Clan boys follow them, watching this epic fight. Like Casey is framing the last scene and like creating this motif in a way that like should he? Yes, <laughs> like it's working. It's like I don't know how the fuck they pulled off all these themes without beating over the head with them. Yeah. Like like it it's so obvious. But then you see it, and like, how many times we watch a movie where they just don't execute on the thing that's like, <laughs> hanging out there? This movie does not drop the ball once. It does not drop the ball, bro. It's, it's incredible. It? It's fucking it's, crazy. It's incredible. A 1990s radical cowabunga. Ninja Turtles, rats, a guy it's, dressed up with purple sequins and spikes and they are able to carry these themes of like the family so well to, to the Jungian hero's journey like it's so fucking good 
and then Bird. <laughs> Bird, our simp. <laughs> uh, beat a male simp. Will Arnett, who's a good actor. Um, Will Arnett, I'm a big Will Arnett fan. Love for Rest of Development, Bojack Horseman. Yep. Did you ever see Murderville, his new series? I haven't seen that, but I heard Great in there. Love Will Arnett. He does a voice on uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is a Borderlands spinoff that just. Oh, came okay. Out. And uh, he's Batman sometimes. Yes, he is Lego Batman. He's he's and he's actually really good <laughs> Batman and like that kind of joke. Oh, he, no, he's great. He's, he's, he's a great actor. Fucking great. I'm, a, I'm a Will Arnett fan. Excuse my language. I got a little excited That's with, okay. uh, with this, but like, yeah, Will Arnett's great, man. Um, in this role, they give him nothing to do. Nothing to do. Nothing to do. Nothing to do. Um. I think his camera works kind of garbage because like, you see him like moving around the camera too much. I think that uh, him hitting on Megan Fox, because she's not reciprocating at all, there's nothing for us to latch on to versus Casey Jones. Sure, screw you, Casey, blah, blah, blah. But, like, no, thank you. No, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's kind of like moonlighting. <laughs> but when when he gets that massage, you're like, oh, oh, snap, Casey Jones. <laughs> He's got game. Yeah, Will Arnett, I mean, the close equivalent is when she's not looking, uh, he's looking at Megan Fox's ass. Ah! O'Neal, what are you doing? Ah! Yeah, that's good. Make sure you're getting everything. And like I mentioned, immediately crashes the truck that they're driving, putting them all in the peril. It's not even close. Like, Casey Jones? Vern. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like you said, Vern's not really that well of established character. I think he might have been a creation for the cartoon. Sure. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and he's, he was very unlikable then because he was just constantly shitting all over April, telling her what to do, what, what not to do. Mm -hmm. So they lightened him up here. They made him a comic relief. And you need it because, like I said, Megan Fox cannot carry the comedy <sighs> at all. Nope. So, you know, you know, Michelangelo carries a bit of that comedy, but you do spend a lot of time with April. April spends a lot of time with Vern. So right. at least you got right. something... So Will Arnett gives you a little bit, but you know, based on what I know Will Arnett can do, oh, yeah. he, he's, he's capable of so much more. So he's he's not really given much. Like, like Reggie said, he's just fawning over April the whole time. And it's like, it's the same fucking joke. It is. The whole movie. The whole time. The whole movie. The whole time. And it, it just gets old so fast. It, like how many times can you just like awkwardly hit on her and then pretend you were kind of talking to yourself? Right. Right. Even when, like, she calls him and he's, like, listening to Carol's whispers in the background. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Like, it, yeah. like nothing happens. Like, all right, Carol's whispers in the movie. Which is funny, because that's actually a callback to Rest of Development, because his nephew was George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's actually a great, great That's a deep cut. Which, nice. which, if you're a Rest of Development fan, great. If you're a Ninja Turtles fan, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you're probably lost. It's like, what? <laughs> George Michael? I, I just, you know... They try to give him this arc in the film. They try to do that. He has an arc. I, I think they try to make him somewhat heroic. He does. He is the one like that takes up. out Sax at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's that. To what though? Because usually when you do that and you've been fawning over the girl the whole time, usually it's that moment that you get the girl. Right. As cliche as there, that is, there is no fear of Vern uh, getting the girl. You never think for no, one second yeah. that she's gonna. Fall for him. Even, even like at the end, she kind of like throws him somewhat of a bone, but like it doesn't, it's kind of like, it's almost like a pity thing, which is like, hey, look, I know the turtles are kind of dunking on you, so here we are. And I don't know if it's the script or just Megan Fox just is not able to act. It's probably a combination of the two. 
I almost feel like they wrote, like we were talking about Megan Fox, I almost feel like they wrote the roommate into the script to like react to something. Because like if she was the only person there, like there's nothing funny happening. No. Like you need a Vern or the roommate or anybody to like react to Megan Fox so like we as the audience know that now is the time to... Now it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to laugh here. Because Megan Fox... Can't carry it. So right. she needs to be surrounded with these comedic actors and actresses. And I would I would rather have had as goofy as it is. It's part of the reason why say what you will about Transformers, like the Sandwick Wiki um, Megan Fox connection, like it works because you could see them getting together. There is no Casey Jones here. Right. There's only Vern. Mm-hmm. Vern does not have the charisma of Casey Jones. Uh, Will Arnett, I don't think, would be a good Casey Jones, but someone could be. And honestly, we're probably better off without him in this film because I was like already, already so busy. Yeah, and it you know it's you just you know not to be superficial, but you just look at Will Arnett and Megan Fox. And yeah. you just no, there's they're not going to put those no. two together. No, <laughs> no, there's <just> not. <laughs> I, I just I'm just so. Confused because it do, it undermines both their characters, but like her hanging out of the car, us seeing her butt, and him being like, oh, no, no, keep doing it. Like it just, come on, man. Can we focus? It, it, it's five year old. Can we focus? Like, Will Arnett's capable of so much more, and he was, you know, given nothing. Nothing. So that's it's another just script problem, I think. And yeah. and when you have someone like Arnett, you could have done a myriad of things, and you just didn't. So that's where I think a big disconnect between these two films are is we were able to point out like why Danny is thematically important. <laughs> you know, like I, I like they like we mentioned, they don't allow any character to not have a purpose in that original film. As simple as it is. Yeah. But like sometimes you just gotta get on base, man. Like that movie it, everyone does their job. And it's all tight and connected. This film, well, and that's over here. And sometimes he's out of the movie. Now he's back. Sax is like, maybe he's the bad guy. Maybe it's Shredder. Uh, Megan Fox. We need the roommate because she can't talk. <laughs> it's just, it, it's a little rough. But like, um, it's a shame that you missed something like a Casey Jones. But I do understand why it's not in this movie because I think that would have been, yeah, would been too much. We, we would have, we would have suffered. Yeah. And not for nothing, but Stephen Mill sucks as Casey Jones oh, in the yeah. sequel anyway. So, sorry if you haven't seen her recipe. <laughs> well, I don't know if I was ever going to get to that, but yeah. yeah. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. So again, just characters done much better in the mm-hmm. original film. But there are still a few more characters wow. we can touch upon. Um, you, you mentioned the roommate, so I'm just going to throw her out. It's Abby Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Chris Elliott's daughter. We do that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. she doesn't do much. She has two scenes, and then like her second scene is like, I, I want to move out, which you know, funnier beat than anything Megan Fox did <laughs> the whole film. So oh, God, I wish she was April New Just giving her credit she there. We talked about Whoopi Goldberg already. Turtles. Is there anything else we should know about them? They're ninjas. It's pretty okay role. It doesn't really yeah. do much. Again, not sure casting wise why it's Whoopi. I know why casting wise because. Yeah. Her kids were fans of the Ninja Turtles, so oh. she uh, tried to be in the original films, mm-hmm. 
wasn't in NM. So when this new reboot came out, she tried to get in them and she was immediately like, okay, like, oh yeah, you can be in this film. Yeah. So that's why she's in this, but she doesn't really do much no, in this film at all. Going back to the original film, we kind of talked about uh, Tatsu. Tashishiro Obata as uh, Master Tatsu. Shredder's right-hand guy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really do too much of the heavy lifting there, but um, an imposing figure, certainly, you know, helps to show that this family isn't quite all it's cracked right. up to be. Right. Um, and then he gets a fight scene with Casey Jones, so let's just Casey Jones showcase that he can be the hero as well. So, and it, while he's saving Splinter, so you, you, you care at that it's moment, and yeah. you do want to see him succeed. Um, but the villain I want to talk about, or at least he has a cameo in this movie, just Sam Rockwell is in this film. <laughs> Sam Rockwell's in Ninja Turtles? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only because it's Sam Rockwell, we have to bring this up. And uh, man, he does—he does a pretty good job of like you know talking about you know you know does the cigarettes, the irregular menthol. He's our introduction to the Foot Clan. Yeah, and not for nothing, but Foot Clan in overall has a lot more personality than the Foot Clan. In the remake, the reboot, I like you said, don't even this weird military-type yeah. Foot Clan that we don't know anybody. I know. It, it's really odd. And then, like and like we said, in the original film, we got Danny. We got this Sam Rockwell character who's, like, leading new recruits through anything you want. We got anything you want to do. Do it. He's so... I'm your guy. Funny, he, he's he's great in it. He's it's such a small role too, and he's Sam Rockwell's the thug that goes like, "We're family." Right. And then to which Casey Jones retorts, "Well, you call this down there, this over there, a family." And then you know at the end, he's, he's got that like, uh, "Well, anybody want to tell me what's going on over here?" And then Sam Rockwell's like, "This warehouse in Layman Island. Yeah. Find your answers there." Why do we have like a two <laughs> He's great in it. It's just a small he, role, but, but he, I mean. He killed it. Like, he's he a lot of fun. Like our face of the foot. Right. To right. an extent. In, in the remake, uh, there is like a face of the foot, but like, again, another underutilized character. You've got uh, Mene Noji as Kari or something like that. Karai. Karai, like. We know you're out there. If you don't surrender, we start executing hostages. Didn't do anything. She doesn't do anything. Didn't do anything. She talks to Shredder a couple times. She's at the mountain scene mm -hmm. where I didn't even register she was I, there I until she was taken out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> missed that one. I saw her at the subway scene, like if she was kind of there. Oh yeah, she was leading the terrorist, just yeah. like a terrorist organization yeah. instead of a criminal. But you're right, like the foot in the original film, you have characters, they'll be assigned characters who are in the foot, but they have relation to the other characters in it puts some context to the foot soldiers. And then the, the, the whole backstory that these are kids. Right. They all run away from their families. Right. And then they've taken on the foot as their surrogate family. Mm -hmm. And the Shredder's manipulating them. Right. To, you know, just further his own goals. And then, you know, they, they're seeing the, they see the light eventually through Casey Jones, Splinter, the Turtles. They show them, like, maybe this isn't all right. they're up to be. You know? Right. 
I just I, the I foot has an arc. <laughs> the foot has the an foot arc. Does have an arc? <laughs> <laughs> an arc. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I just like Karai. I I don't know. Like I don't know what she does. She's uh, it seems like she's the second hand to switch. Sort of like a Tatsu. Sure, kind of a but role. like Tatsu, who probably says less lines, is more impactful. Yeah. Because like sometimes he beats up kids. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like Tatsu, there's conflict with him too. Like he does not seem to be enjoying the rat torture either. Uh, in parts of the film, you know, he doesn't understand why Shredder is wasting so much time on these turtles. Mm-hmm. Why do they these turtles disturb you, Master? They yeah. have not been seen in many days. Yeah. You know, it's like he doesn't get. It. It's like, dude, we're making so much money here. Right? What are you doing? Like turtle thing, you know? <laughs> Again, I wish the Foot Clan. Were more distinct. Like I don't remember seeing like Foot Clan costumes like you yeah. used to seeing in the uh, the movies. I thought they kind of pulled them off in the uh, the original. Dude, that's our introduction to Shredder. Is he's he's initiating a new member of the Foot. Right. This is huge ceremony. Right. 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 It's, it's it's this grand thing. Like you're not just like a member of the Foot. Like this is this is a huge thing. You weren't just like all right, you're you just joined. Like, no, we're gonna initiate you in front of. Everybody, so right. everybody can see just how important this is. What an honor you right. have brought right. to this family. It's <laughs> they raise it so high. It's effective, and like especially if if the whole idea is like he's got all this this origin backstory in Japan. He's brought his own sort of brand mm-hmm. to the states for his criminal organization. If I'm a kid and I just kind of want to play narc and smoke cigarettes, like if I saw that, I'd be like, hey, maybe I want to be in the foot and. <laughs> it's okay if they kind of suck at fighting because they're children. So like that, yeah. we account for that <laughs> in the series. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't recall what a foot clan soldier looks like in this remake. I, I couldn't tell you. I all I think I think they wear black. I think they wear black, and I think they have guns. And I know they have guns, right? But like, what's distinct about them from any other like people? Yeah, yeah. Um, I. I like do not recall the turtles actually physically engaging in a fight. Maybe outside the subway with the Foot Clan uh, in the mountain chase. Sure, where they kind of like black bulls. Well, they're, they're, they're mostly fighting cars. Though. I know. It's like they're ninja turtles. I would like to see ninja fighting, as we talked about earlier. Like I, I felt like we were lacking in that department in the original. There was no lack in that department. We got to see all kinds of. Dude, cool fight scenes. The movie opens with the foot. Right. We get to see what the foot does and why we need our heroes. Right. It's, they're huge. <laughs> it's uh yeah it it's framed really well in that original film. I know. Like even the warehouse scene, I was confused because they they're doing so much to hide these turtles until they want to do their reveal. They're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell is going on right. at all. Going back to the original film, just really quick. <laughs> okay, we don't see the turtles in that first fight, right? Like, the lights go out. Yeah. Bing, bing, boom. Mm-hmm. Tied up guys, right? You Damn. Know what... <laughs> Damn. Lost his eye. <laughs> you, the shadow of, like, Michelangelo and then the, the logo coming up is better than almost anything that was shot <laughs> in this movie, man. Like, it just, it, they just framed up that universe and it felt, like we've talked about before, like a Ninja Turtles movie. I don't know 
Like, I know the Foot Clan. I walked in my, a million times <laughs> on Sega. And like, I, I didn't see the Foot Clan. It was really confusing throughout the film. Like, the Kari Karai character, I, fine, you know, she's there, but... She doesn't do much. What does she do? No, she's very completely forgettable. Yeah. Are we missing any characters? <laughs> Not that I can think of. Unless you want to talk about April's dad in the reboot. Oh, yeah, not really. Okay, I'll talk about April's dad. Okay. So, he's, he sets fire to the lab, mm-hmm. right? And then he dies. And then April saves the turtles in Splinter. Right? Mm-hmm. So, did he set fire to the lab with his daughter in it? Well, he definitely set fire to the lab with the turtles in it, which I thought kind of undermined the character. Because, um... <laughs> I'm willing to kill. <laughs> yeah, the, the stars of the movie. And he should have removed... His daughter and the turtles from the scene. Like they Before he set right. fire. So, yeah. So, I'm going to assume he set fire to the lab. Obviously with the turtles and Splinter, but probably with his daughter there. And then, while the fire's going on, she decides to save the turtles and the rat instead of her dad. Possibly. But possibly. I don't know. It, Which, it's so it's muddy. muddy. It's muddy. Yeah. Which actually, like, I kind of agree with that. I mean, like, from a humanitarian aspect, like, like, he was going to burn these creatures that had nothing to do with... Well, I guess because there's evidence? Because, um, <laughs> because obviously their blood could be used uh, against, you know, humanity's yeah. interests. Yeah, really strange. Really strange. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's really hard for me to read that scene at all. Like, I don't quite understand what happened. I don't really get how Megan Fox got all of the turtles and the rest out. And then she just decides to throw them in the sewer. Right. You think she'd be like, like I'm gonna take care of you. Even like when I you, catch mice, like I don't let them out in the sewer. I'll, but, I'll find a nice little sure. for them. But like to your point, while her father is dying, yeah. she's singularly focused on it's turtles and turtles and a rat. Oh no. Yeah. I don't yeah. need to call the hospital or ambulance or anything. I better better see these turtles and rat. And there's no indication throughout the film, like most films would do this, that it has affected her in any meaningful way. No. The death of her father is just something that happened. It's something that happened, and, well, that it that makes uh, Eric Sachs a bad guy because right. he killed her father. Uh, That's all that really now what's does. interesting is even through that, maybe she wasn't there because she seeks Eric Sachs' counsel quite a bit throughout the film. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm rewriting the film, but, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, uh, maybe if Eric Sachs was more influential in her life after that like maybe put her through school or something like that so there was a conflict yeah. perhaps that would have been interesting that would have been interesting. sort of a surrogate father that she has to go right. against but then she learns that her surrogate father right. is actually so now there's a conflict much, for her right. which makes it much more interesting right. stop rewriting the goddamn script Reggie <laughs> stop rewriting the script but no you're right I don't know how to like watch I, I don't know what I watch so yeah. like I saw the scene as you're describing it I see the problems with it and I just almost have to like just erase it from my memory because yeah. it is also unimportant. Her father's sacrifice means nothing yeah. to the film versus some dude that your boss son is in the Foot Clan. That's more important than my father literally <laughs> made the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't give, we don't I don't shit give a shit. <laughs> Goop on the ground is more compelling to me than a living man who made the Ninja Turtles in this universe because they did it so poorly. Yeah. 
this guy is the father of the Ninja Turtles, Correct. and you're not made to give one shit about him. Splinter doesn't give a shit about him. Yeah, he cares about April more because she saved them. Splinter's master in the original film is highlighted. Yeah. You know about Matayoshi. You know, April's father made the Ninja Turtles in this film, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. And we don't care. Oh, I, I, I certainly don't give it to you. And, uh, and uh, just one more thing. <laughs> one more thing. Um, <laughs> so, Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. in the original film, the ooze, yep. they run into that, and then, like, a few days later, mutations start to happen. Sure. They start to, you know, I guess, um, become humanoid. Yeah, it's a weird scene. Like, I like pro- it. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. So, okay, I could buy that. In the remake, the turtles have been tested on, mm-hmm. injected with whatever. Mm-hmm. They stay turtle and rat forever. They right. never seem to actually mutate or Not change. Not until they go into the sewer. Not until they go in the sewer. What? <laughs> what? So, you're telling me... So, you're telling me <laughs> that... Being in a lab, being tested on, being injected with whatever, doesn't change them, but now they're in a sewer, then they start to mutate? That sounds more like convenience to serve the story, Reggie, mm. than it does mm. actual following of the science and whatever. It's it just, it just a little nitpick. That's a, that's a fair nitpick, because uh, there is no evidence of mutation in that lab. No. No. Especially the fact that that little girl is able to carry all of them. You know, they would they should be growing in size at least if they're not like becoming intelligent. You know, you watch something like the Island of Doctor Rose, Sometimes just having a weird thing in a, a bat is enough to be like, oh shit, they got some yeah. crazy stuff happening here. Um, it is. It is actually you're right. Shocking how little evidence we have of what the mutagen does. Mm-hmm. Um, the rationale to destroy an entire lab. Because of said mutagen, um, why the mutagen in this case would be a problem for the father. Like the only reason the mutagen would be a bad thing in this scenario is if he was also aware of Eric Sack's plot to like poison the city. Because mm-hmm. like otherwise you're just like, oh my research is going fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'm making giant turtle in it. <laughs> my life's work. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a poorly written. Let's just call it scene. I'll stop there. But it, it, <laughs> <laughs> just the one, just the one, scene. just that one. For okay. right now. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> Whew. Wow, you bring up some good points. I dive in a little bit deep, probably where people haven't really dived before. Well, look, but... man, it's a, it's, it's a franchise that we care about. Yeah, like, it's something that we quite literally grew up with. Yeah, uh, this source material we've seen it done many times to varying degrees of success, but like. Uh, I see that you're not confused by the Ninja Turtle story. I'm not confused <laughs> by the Ninja Turtle story. But someone seems to be confused <laughs> by what it is that this is about. Because it's certainly not about aliens. No. And Meg, I see Megan Fox, but April O'Neil certainly an important, important character in the universe and mm-hmm. will always have high esteem, but like not more important than the Turtles mm-hmm. or Splinter. Arguably, Maybe a push between her and Casey Jones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and turtles. She 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 helped them get out. She saved the turtles. She saved them oh, and many times in the movie. Is there any other characters or any other plot points that you want to discuss? No. Because the only thing I really could kind of talk about is the music. Yeah. Well, man, the music is a sight. I guess we we talked enough about the action, right? Like basically, the original film isn't 
devoid of violence. It's actually more violent than maybe. There's a lot expect. of violence. There is violence, like obviously Raphael getting beat up on the roof is pretty graphic. Yeah. But then you do have cartoon humor. Like Donatello gets put in a fish tank. He spits out water, and you hear like a woo yeah. kind of a sound effect coming yeah. out. So yeah, it, it is this yeah. weird mixture of cartoon violence and very real yes, <laughs> violence. Yes. Like like uh, the scene where Michelangelo is kind of like directing a foot clan soldier like closer so April can then drop like mm -hmm. a pipe on his head. Like, natural. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just felt like even though it does careen from place to place, it never felt like off. Like I thought like, oh, this, this type of violence in this universe that they have created is consistent with car a cartoon. Mm -hmm. So I was really very willing to go with it. It's, yeah. it's, I think it's pretty balanced between the cartoon violence and like this just solid action. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, it gets cartoony. Like one of my favorite scenes in the original film is the nunchuck off. Yeah, yeah, oh, fellow checker, yeah. eh? You know that kind of that Clint Eastwood kind yeah. of face off, and that's a fun scene. That's a fun scene. We're gonna stop fighting for a whole minute just yeah. so we can go back and forth and show who's more impressive at the nunchucks. It's a great scene. But then you know you got awesome scenes like the shredder fight at the end. Right. Wow. That's what an fight. incredible fight. Really good. You know, just one on one with each turtle, like just pretty much handling. Each of them, like, easily. Yeah, yeah. I will give the remake this, that, um, that little callback to Buck Buck or whatever. Buck like, Buck. I don't know. I don't know. Like, hitting a bucket when you were a kid. Hey, does anyone want to play Buck Buck? Buck one. Buck two. Buck three. <laughs> Where you going, Rat? Come on, Come on, I can't play I thought that, actually, that worked decent enough. Like, when, uh, when they took Shredder out with this, like, childhood thing that they did. I did appreciate the callback that it's like, okay, in order for us to defeat him, we have to do this thing where we work together and let's use this game mm -hmm. that we struggled to work together right. with. And, and now we're going to overcome that. So it's a little bit of an arc in that sense that, like, it's the brothers who couldn't even play together need to, like, come together in order to defeat the villain. So... While it's stupid, in yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, stupid, I do appreciate us at least using something. Right. You know, like having yeah. a callback to something we did earlier in the movie. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, I mean, one of the few points that I could like look at and say, okay. Yeah. Like, you, you established this, you brought it back. It actually contextually makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm perfectly fine with this. Um, but yeah, no, the Shredder fight in the original, though not to the scale with missiles and Flying magnetic blades yeah. on towers collapsing. Still in fight. Still in fight. The original you fight. feel the stakes, oh, man. It's so good. And it's also good. humor. You got the humor yeah. thrown in there, too. Like, at what point did we lose control here? <laughs> Maybe one of them should tell him that we're the good <laughs> guys. Yeah. Now, at exactly what point did we lose control here? Maybe somebody ought to tell him that we're the good guys. Yeah. It's got that Ninja Turtles humor that That's you good. appreciate. Good. And like you said, Splinter. Splinter. Yeah. Takes him over the roof. And is, again, Splinter with the moral compass doesn't just kill Shredder. He's like, no. hey, look, man, I got you dead. He's like, look, I gave everybody a speech. You're going to get one yep. now, team buddy. Yeah. Everyone's getting a speech. Death comes for us all, Urokusaki. But something much worse comes for you. For when you die, it will... <laughs> Man, yeah. But the music, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about the music. So there's original music for both films. Um, 
if I talk about the score, you know, just uh, I've seen the original so many times. I really do like that score. There's a lot yeah. of good things. I talked about Shredder's introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, really intense. Even the action sequences, like when they're training, the montage. I really like that stuff. It's just some good songs there. And then you talk about like the score of the remake. I actually thought the Ninja Turtles theme was pretty good. Mm. The theme. I didn't hate it. Uh, I thought it was very heroic in its approach. It did feel sort of like a Marvel movie, the theme. Yeah. But it was a really heroic theme. It's memorable. And it came up at the right times in the movie when the turtles were, like, you know, becoming heroes. So I thought the theme in the remake was pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, to your point, like, uh, that Marvel connection, I think that's a lot of times when the movie shine was when they had these big action set pieces that they sort of moves around and really dynamic and like you said the music was used really well um so even if i at times didn't really care what was going on it looked good when it needed to and uh i think like you said the music helped ground that film and like help with the stakes because uh there was some of the acting didn't help get me there yeah. <laughs> i felt like yeah the music definitely helped to yeah. push it to that next level and then there's a lot of good original songs mm -hmm. uh the original movie Think about the MC Hammer. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got, of course, T U R T L E Power, a song I've done in karaoke uh, many times. That's so, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 9.95 to that last song that plays in the movie. It's uh, it's a classic soundtrack. But then again, I, I, I think I have a heavy bias. Sure, because sure. I've watched the movie so many times. I've listened to the music many times. And I didn't hate the music in the reboot you know you got like we said carol whispers in there mm -hmm. whatever yeah with a little bit of hollerback girl yeah so there. that was kind of funny that was kind of funny and then even the song at the end credits the shell shock song i didn't hate it huh? i thought it was fine and it, it yeah. probably will have that kind of impact to any fan of that movie mm -hmm. just like t-u-r-t turtle powers did so for me so yeah, yeah it's a really good song even though they mess up the lyrics with Raphael, he's the leader of the group it's like oh somebody, so, somebody somebody never watched the original cartoon i guess like, clearly the lyrics in the original cartoon say leonardo leads yeah there are times where Raphael could be leading but it's it's not the default. <laughs> well, that's the plan for our great leader. We just sit here on our butts. I never said I was your great leader. We sure act like it sometimes. Love it. Good stuff. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, the turtle raps, I mean, the, the original film, it's a 90s movie, and I think, like, it's got a very 90s soundtrack. Yeah, but, 90s, late 80s yeah. sound for sure. Work, but, I mean, it works. Like I said, that universe just. Everything about it fits. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, and like the remake. Yeah, I would say actually the music is probably one of the stronger scenes. Yeah, that film. Not for nothing. Like I'm ragging on the film the whole time, but there's that one scene in the elevator where they're just kind of like that, just going freestyling in that, there. That, that was, that's not bad. <laughs> You know, I like moments like that because, like, hey, they're four brothers that actually like each other. Right, <laughs> right. and they do silly right. things. They're teenagers. So, yeah, yeah. be it's, silly teenagers. And it, like, it pulls Raph back into, like, the the fun. Right. right? Yes. You know? He actually has like, some fun moments. Like, it, it's an awkward scene. Like, I, I kind of went back and forth between whether I liked it or not. But, like, it was a nice little breakup of the action. It showed more of this personality. And... It kind of reminds me of the, yeah, they're teenage 
mutant ninja turtles. Right. You know? Even so, though they're like voided out. Yeah, they're giants. like giant <laughs> six foot five guys with like adrenaline. Um, <laughs> well, like no, that, that actually is a fun scene. I think the movie could have done with more scenes like that, and, and maybe it goes back to the point of perhaps the movie should have been more about the turtles and people. Oh, you know, maybe, just, maybe, maybe, just maybe. a thought. Well, I think the reason that you were on the fence about that scene is because there were so few scenes like that. Mm, so, like, yeah. it felt out, odd. They did just, feel like, out of place because I haven't seen scenes like this before because it's one of the few right. where you just get to see all four of them having fun. <laughs> like, if I had seen that scene earlier in the film, I think really, too, is like, attached to, like, this major action set piece. So right. Like, why, why is this now right. the tone? But it, it is still, like, actually... Again, one of the better scenes. It's like definitely a scene from the trailer, from what I recall. Uh, yeah, and you know, I think, yeah, I wish there was a little bit more of that. To your point, but. yeah. So that's the music. Um, anything else, Reggie? I think I mean, we've talked about this a lot. We, we've had a lot to say about turtles. I, I don't think I could say any more without going into the second movie. <laughs> Casey Jones. All right, so we're at that point, Reggie. Should this reboot of Ninja Turtles exist? Yeah. Yeah, so going back and revisiting the Ninja Turtles franchise, um, a lot of, like, emotions welled up, right? Because I was thinking about, like we mentioned before, my old VHS, where I watched uh, Ninja Turtles. That turtle blimp was a big part of it. Um, and, I mean, like, just like the film or some of the TV episodes, watch them over and over and over again. My parents must have hated it, you know? I had Ninja Turtle action figures. I had Ninja Turtle video games. Like, I, I, like a lot of us, I was a huge fan. They're way better than the street charts. <laughs> way better. <laughs> way better. Um, and, like, over over my life, I got to see more of, like, some of, like, the original lore, the origins of it, and, like, just, it's so impressive to me how this story has just stood this test of time and been a major part of our lives to the point that we're now in our 30s talking about Ninja Turtles. And I don't feel strange about it at all. I actually think we had a lot of interesting things to say. That original movie, fucking, it had heart, it had action, uh, the script was cohesive and tight. It's about an hour and a half runtime. Um, and all of it is used to, for the most part, to pretty good effect. I mean, if you had to say that maybe there was one place that dragged, but I think actually it was part of the story, maybe the farm scenes. Maybe the farm. Yeah. Maybe, but like, still, it's it's nice to have a breather. They had they just had their first major defeat, mm -hmm. so they need to come together. Like, what do we got to do? Right, we lost Raph. Right, I think we get a good reset there. That yeah. um, this remake doesn't necessarily get an opportunity like that in it. No, and I guess maybe that beatboxing scene that we're talking about. Well, that's not enough. That's not enough. No. Yeah, I mean just. The original film captured the essence of the Ninja Turtles. It can be uh, it can be a bit much because they are truly teenagers and they have like juvenile jokes sometimes. But it all fits and works really well. Sam Rockwell's great. <laughs> Casey's great. Uh, the villains are believable somehow and like menacing. When I watch this remake, I just I just get confused a lot. Like um, I'm confused at what. April's in-game is at times. I'm confused at who the villain is. I'm confused by which turtle am I currently supposed to be behind, you know? Like we mentioned, Leonardo is the leader and I never, I don't recall any of his scenes. I remember Donatello actually 
being more interesting than Leonardo, which is kind of uncommon. Uh, Raphael still hit a lot of the notes that we expected, but really the movie just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Like all the rewrites, all the things that they try to clean up, I almost wish that we just got to see whatever the hell they wanted to put down because by trying to do half measure pandering to the, the fans, I think it just doesn't feel like a cohesive script. Um, I don't get enough turtle in this movie. Like by the time we see the turtles, it's pretty late in the film and we're pretty much into the action at that point. So yeah, I'm, I'm just a little confused about what they were trying to do. Maybe more Splinter, more Lair, more, more something, but like whatever we got wasn't it. Um, this April O'Neil movie doesn't really work for me. I don't think that this remake should exist because I think we just missed the mark on what makes Ninja Turtles work. And there are so many other variations of Ninja Turtles they didn't draw from. Just go watch that. Hell, go watch the 2007 movie. It's better. Um, I don't know what happened here. It's just, it's a mess. And probably shouldn't exist. Yeah, it shouldn't exist. I'm not going <laughs> to preface it with any like making stories. Reggie nailed a lot of what's wrong with it. I think the biggest thing that you were talking about is just how disjointed it is. It's it has rewrites and you can feel it. Yeah. It just completely like <laughs> you know just it's just like all these road bumps or speed bumps, or whatever. It just completely ruins the story and it, it doesn't work. And yeah, why are there not more Ninja Turtles in this movie? I I don't get it. Why made April the hero so much and yeah, I, I, just so much I don't like about this movie, yeah. and you know they, they try, I guess. To, and, you know, there's there's some things that work, but when you compare it to this this 1990 film, this, this film that came out 24 years earlier had much smaller budget, you know, had to rely on practical effects and had a, had a much simpler story, and that just works so much better. What are you doing? Like, how did we fuck up so I, bad? I, I, I know. How? You had yeah. so many resources at your disposal, and you just still couldn't do with this indie film, which was the highest grossing indie film of its time until Blair Witch came out. It's insane that something that came out that long ago worked so much better. I mean, it didn't even come close to approaching the amount of heart that that original film had. And understand, like, Ninja Turtles about the spectacle of watching these teenage mutant Ninja Turtles fight this evil guy, Shredder, but, you know, when you have this heart, you know, this father-son thing kind of going on throughout the whole film and just making me care so much about that Ninja Turtle family dynamic and making me want to reunite them with with their father. You did something right <laughs> and to drop the ball so much with the remake or with the reboot, whatever, and to not have anything near that until like the very end maybe when Raphael is kind of saying how much he cares about his brothers is like the I mean, only moment of heart I really get and then you kind of cap it off with like a comedic beat of like oh we stopped falling bro and it's like all right well, we were almost there not really but you know we were approaching it at least and you just made it a joke anyway it was so obvious that joke was coming out. yeah 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 obvious. you couldn't even like enjoy what was actually a decent little monologue no no it was great yeah I, I like the actor that portrays Raphael. Um, he's Hawk in uh, Titans, yeah. and he's, uh, he's in the show Reacher on uh, Amazon Prime. He, he's great as Raphael. And you, you didn't have to have a punchline at the end of that. Yeah. It could have just been a heartfelt moment. Right. You know, the original movie wasn't afraid to go there. They didn't have to crack a joke after making me feel something for Splinter. You could have just had Raphael just be Raphael. And, yeah. you know, I, 
it's one of the many problems <laughs> that I have with the reboot. I mean, it's a, April, Vern, not enough Ninja Turtles. What the hell are we doing with Saks and Shredder? Right. A lot of problems. And then, <sighs> awful sequel with terrible Casey Jones. Uh, yeah, this reboot should not exist. And I'm kind of upset with the sequel existed, but I am happy that they put the kibosh on the whole thing. Good. Because good. the sequel did not make enough money. Yeah. Uh, that is a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing. I mean, I just, uh, going back to it, it's just such a storied franchise, you know, to the point where we were just talking about video games coming out later this year. It's like a collection of yeah. some of the old games. Uh, it just, it just holds such a strong place in, like, my uh, childhood, and I know a lot of other people's childhood, like, I, same as you, I had different toys and stuff like that. Like, that 90s film made me feel like I was watching a Ninja Turtles film. This film just, I, I was so confused. It was like they, it was almost like they didn't think we would believe that there would be Ninja Turtles. Right? They're hiding them for the first half of the movie. It was like, no, no, no. Embrace the <laughs> fact that you have Ninja Turtles. Like, all those scenes in their first film where they're, in the sewer, high fiving, eating pizzas, talking shit. Ninjutsu. <laughs> like all that like made you feel like, hey, these guys are brothers. They like each other. They yeah. It's not all about the fight. There's a right. lot of fun and maybe too much fun. Which is Splinter's trying to pull that back and allowing Splinter to give that guidance. It's all there. Like it's just not here in this remake. And it's uh the movie just greatly suffers by it. Like you were saying, that missing heart. Like, how yeah. yeah. It doesn't really feel like a family unit. No. At the end of the day. No, it feels like a couple dudes, turtle dudes that like happen to, you know, fight on the same team. Right, yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah. like a team, not a family. Right, right. And Ninja Turtles ultimately is a movie about family. And I learned that today. I didn't think I... <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot how much that's what it's about, like. You know, like, I got siblings and stuff like that. We used to watch Ninja Turtles. we kick around, put on a little, like, mask. I had the nunchucks because yeah, I was a mic fan. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. There's something about the Ninja Turtles that just made you feel like a, a badass. And uh, even though you're not a turtle. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Really cool, really cool series. Uh, it's a shame that this remake wasn't able to quite get there. Um, I guess someone is cool they made money, but there's just so many better iterations of Ninja Turtles that, like, mm -hmm. I think people deserve to watch that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, this ain't it, Chief. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so that's what we thought about the films. Uh, did, what do you guys think? Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Did we miss anything? Absolutely let us know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll go here. This is my last episode, yeah. officially. Yeah. With the show, it's not going to be my last episode ever. No, no. We'll definitely come back. But uh, I just want to say, I guess, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much, Reggie, for being my partner it. with this. Yeah. Uh, I think you're really good at the movie analysis Thanks, thing. Man. I am looking forward to you continuing this yeah. on your own, man. Uh, or not on your own. With well, yeah. we we got someone in mind for, uh, for you know, how we're going to continue the series. Um, but I will say that, like, uh, a lot of the analysis that we've done between each other, I... You know, I look at film a little bit different than I used to um, after having these discussions with me. Too. Like, I, me I didn't too. really think about some of the aspects of films, even Ninja Turtles today. Like, I'm glad that this was the episode that you wanted to do as your send-off because, one, I know you 
you love the source material in a way that I do too. But I think you're clearly like you're a bigger fan than me. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite films of all time. The original, because because it's awesome. But like I think like the amount of like care that you put into this uh, particular episode and like breaking this down, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be missed. But uh, the the person that we have. Uh, coming up, he, he might be a Danny or a Dan as well. Don't worry, it's another Dan, so you yeah. <laughs> won't miss a beat. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, just to kind of make the joke, I believe the next episode that we're going to do, you know, don't hold me to it, but I believe it's going to be A Star is Born, so we're going to try to uh, get our new host to be a star as well. And uh, I think, uh, look, your your impact on this is, is going to remain anytime that you want to come back. Even take up the mantle again. If you want to put the cow back on, you, you got it. Um, and hopefully, you guys just continue to enjoy the product and definitely continue watching uh, console wars because that's uh, that's. Well, I can't promote that. It's all right. But uh, I'll definitely. I'm gonna keep listening for sure, and I'm definitely gonna appear in future episodes. So definitely stick with the series, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So right. Star Wars Born's next. I will be watching because nice. I love listening uh, to the analysis of the series. Yeah, and then you can figure out what we decide on which films we're actually going to do. There's, uh, <laughs> there's three of them, if you didn't know. So you guys will find out probably the uh, same time he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, that's yeah. it for this episode. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, yeah, man. Yeah, thank yeah. you. This has been great. I, I, I'm going to miss it. I just yeah. wish I had more time, you know. Yeah. Well. You gotta take care of uh, a family, you know. <laughs> time is time, you know. You do what you can. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's for anyone out there. Like, uh, you don't you don't overextend yourself. Do what you can, and uh, you know, there's always uh, there's always another project. So yeah, yeah like it's not the end. I'll be back. Certainly not. Time. Not even close. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, Scarface. Mortal Kombat definitely gotta get you back. Yeah. For sure. We got feelings about that. Oh, I got a lot of feelings about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, uh, still check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, um, anywhere you get your podcasts. Like, rate, review, five stars, please. It, it goes a long way. And um, like I said about YouTube, I always love kind of getting in the comments and seeing what people have to say. Like, there's some really passionate fans out there. And uh, I think... This particular movie is another example of how, like, how we were raised or, like, came up with entertainment still affects us to this day. And, like, I did not expect to have uh, close to three-hour passionate conversation <laughs> about Ninja Turtles. But, like, I understand why we did because uh, it's a really good film. Terrible remake. <laughs> <laughs> well said. So with that being said, I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bielek. This has been another episode of Retro, Retro vs. Remake. Man, I love being a turtle! <laughs>